the line uh, where somebody, I think Arnie says, you can't go through life nitpicking everything. And I was like, oh, I had an existential crisis because that's basically what we do every week on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, We're curating an interconnected collection of craps and classics spanning the history of cinema. Each week's film is connected to the last by a single cast member. And so it continues forever or until we can't be asked anymore. This week's film is Last Action Hero. How's it going, George? I'm good. I'm good. How are you, Dan? You good, mate? Very well, thank you. We're, we're back. Yeah, we're back, which is it's brilliant to be back. It's been a couple of weeks, hasn't it, since we've recorded yeah. through different things. And yeah, it feels good to be back in your studio uh, recording our ninth episode. Yeah, so before you all get too excited, no, we didn't quit the podcast. We've just had a very busy few weeks uh, between us. George has been off like gallivanting up Everest or something. Is that right? Was it Everest? Yeah, um, I did the, nearly. I did um, the three peaks of the UK. So the one in Scotland, Wales and um, England. And uh, yeah, finished that last week. And then we planned to do it the week after, didn't we? So we planned it to do it last week, sorry, uh, our next podcast. And then things just kept coming up, didn't they? Like things in the evening and et cetera. Yeah. And I've, I've heard doing the three peaks is harder than Everest. So you're obviously aching a bit a few days after Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I was um, walking around like John Wayne, you know, as you can imagine. And um, I've had a very busy few weeks at work, so those things combined just meant uh, let's just take a, a little break and let's let's kick off uh, next week. Yeah, so. um, actually, it's a good time to actually read an email we got yesterday. So this is from someone I know by the name of Vinny, and um, he actually I know him through he's a satellite engineer, and we use him at work quite a lot. And um, oh, he actually emailed in yesterday. Is, um, it, is it is he pissed off because we uh, didn't do a podcast last week? Oh no, v- Vinny would never be like that. No, I'll read you the. Email. Um, it's short and snappy and like I said it's nice of him to pop us an email Um, so the email is titled episode 9 question mark hi George and Dan I've been listening to your podcast regularly and was wondering if you were returning for episode 9 kind regards Vinny (laughs) I I emailed Vinny back say thanks I said thanks for the email and yeah like I say I'm glad that we're doing episode 9 and it's nice that someone like Vinny's out there you know listening every week and wondering where we've gone so I hope that clears up Vinny like I say we've just been really busy and from you know next few weeks you'll be getting a weekly uh, podcast from me and Dan for the foreseeable yeah that's it because we love doing it and um, obviously just sometimes life gets in the way but I think maybe give like giving it a week off or two weeks off like absence makes the heart grow fonder, doesn't it? You know, so maybe people sort <laughs> for of us, it. maybe That's maybe it. not for the listeners. <laughs> They're like, oh, those pricks are back. Oh yeah, bloody hell! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we thought, we thought we'd seen the last of them, and then bang, it'll pop up later on the old iPhone, when it like you know the uh, notification that oh, we're back. Yeah, they're back. <laughs> <laughs> so, have uh, you seen anything good re- recently while you've been up a mountain or down a mountain, whatever? Um, so when we're doing the mountains, I did have actually quite a lot of time in the evening because like the mountains are obviously the middle of nowhere, and um, the places we're staying. And there wasn't a lot to do in the evening so we took the ipad and you know they all had wi-fi so i thought oh, i'll be able to i'll be able to watch quite a lot when i'm off actually turns out that every night i was literally like fast asleep by about eight o'clock because we're so knackered from doing the mountains so that week i actually didn't watch anything but last week back at work back to the normal routine i actually did watch a few bits which were cool so the first um thing i watched which was um something i'd never seen before which i'd always been meaning to watch um was the keanu reeves movie point break oh you did you say you've never seen never it seen it no what the hell? I know. It's mental, isn't it? So love Keanu Reeves. And uh, this is one of those movies, there's a few I've got, where if you say to someone you haven't seen something, they're like, you haven't seen this. And this for ages was something that um, people said that. I'm going to be honest. If I knew you hadn't seen it before, we probably wouldn't be friends. <laughs> 
it's a it's such a good movie i really really enjoyed it i didn't know much going into it either so i'm watching it i knew it was like an action movie but when this surfing ele- element come into it i was thinking this is so cool like a surfing action movie like and what i really liked about it as well is the the patrick swayze character he wasn't like a typical baddie like the 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 protagonist and you know the baddie they, they were really getting on so yeah i i thought it was really really good i loved it and yeah now people can't give me that reaction when i say i haven't seen point break i have seen it now and that's a gap filled I, I love that film and I grew up watching that very regularly. And yes, yeah, it's, it's very different. It's uh, it's a weird action film. Undercover cop plays a surfer. It's it's silly, isn't it? It's fun. That chase at the beginning is amazing. Oh, and you brilliant. must have seen it referenced in Hot Fuzz and stuff like that. Have yeah, Hot Fuzz? Yeah, I see. That's, it's, it's a bit like there's so many movies when I was a kid that where I knew bits from The Simpsons. Yeah. And it's a bit like that. So Hot Fuzz, I've seen lots of times. And I know he references it because he loves action movies, doesn't he, in Hot yeah. Fuzz? And, um, yeah, I just never seen it, and wow. like I'm so glad now that I've you know ticked that off. And I thought it was brilliant. I loved it. The old presidents, what they called the dead presidents, dead you presidents, know, the yeah. the um the bank robbers. Yeah, I thought it was brilliant. I wow. absolutely loved it. Really, really good. And it was good to see Patrick Swayze in the film. Um, I haven't seen many of his films really. Um, the only one that springs to mind that I've definitely seen all the way through is Dirty Dancing. So it's good to see a movie of his that um Donnie Darko. Oh, I've seen Donnie Darko. Yeah, good shout. There's probably a couple more I, I've seen. Have but... you not seen Roadhouse? No, never <gasps> seen Roadhouse. All I know about Roadhouse is um that Peter Griffin thing that people say, and I don't even I don't watch Roadhouse. That's it, and I don't even watch Family Guy. So again, it didn't really have much of an effect on me. But yeah, no, I've never seen Roadhouse. Uh, spoilers <laughs> for Point Break, but the, the very final scene is on a beach called. Uh, it's set on a beach called Bell's Beach. It's the bit where Patrick Swayze's character Bodie is it? Yeah, something like that is out trying to catch the ultimate ride on a wave, and you're led to believe he. He dies wiping out there and Keanu Reeves just lets him do it, doesn't he? I, when I was in Australia, I took a tour to that beach, uh, Bell's Beach, and went down there, climbed down these steps to it. And I was like, this doesn't, this doesn't look like it. And I took an, I'd taken a specific trip to go here and I was like, this doesn't feel right. And I got back on the bus and I was like, is it changed a bit down there? And they was like, oh no, it wasn't actually filmed here. They just called it Bell's Beach. It was filmed somewhere else. Oh, no, that's... Well, where was it filmed? <laughs> oh, yeah, I think it was filmed in America somewhere. Oh, mate. I was fuming. No, I've done bet. this specific trip there. Yeah. Oh, I was, I was so angry. Oh, uh, that is a shame. Yeah. But yeah, great film. I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, really, really liked it. And yeah, like I say, I just love that surfing element to it. It's always good to watch a movie where they, they, they put in different, you know, they take a genre and then they put something in it that sort of like changes the dynamic and I think the surfing element was just if it was brilliant you know it was really really good do not watch the remake oh no I, like I say I, I would stay well clear of that it's, have you seen it yeah, yeah not good yeah, yeah, not good nah so that was really cool the other thing I watched last night as well which was more of a modern movie so I watched the latest uh, Judy film the one that mm. um, Renny Zellweger played um, Judy Garland and the reason I watched this is um, I sat down with Shah last night and I said oh, let's watch a movie and uh, it was sort of her turn to sort of pick a movie you know and she said oh Judy's on Sky now it's like the new premiere and I thought okay actually I will watch this you know it wouldn't be my first choice it wouldn't be my hundredth choice, but I will watch this just to see, you know, what all the fuss was about. I know she won an Oscar, etc. Just for a bit of context, Shah loves a musical as well. She does. She absolutely loves a musical. So, so Judy Garland is in her yeah. kind of wheelhouse. So anyway, started watching it. First 20 minutes. It is a very slow start, you know. And Shah turns to me and she says, <laughs> funny line, she says, um, are you enjoying this? Which is a classic line, isn't it? So, That's a loaded question. Absolutely. Anyone who ever says that, it means what we're watching is shit. Can we turn it off, you know? So... Yeah. I basically just started to say, yeah, I am. So that was a tiny lie. I was a bit bored, but I I wasn't turning it off, you know. Anyway. Too soon. Too soon, absolutely. Shah fell asleep. Fair enough. 
one nothing standard yeah too much maybe too much talking maybe too little singing and stuff anyway i i was watching it and actually i started getting really into it and by the end i thought it was really good actually i enjoyed it i didn't know much about judy garden before i mean all i really knew about her is that she played what's her name dorothy she played Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz, and I knew she died um, quite young as well. And that's literally all I knew. So this film sort of filled in a few of the gaps. And uh, the interesting sort of point on this film is that it shows you uh, what it was like for sort of child actors back in the sort of 1920s, 1930s, 1940s. And the stuff that, that used to go on was really, really horrible. There's a point in the film where she's really hungry as like, you know, a teenager. And she says to the movie producer, like, oh, can I have some food? And they say, no, of course you can't. And they give her these like pills. And she says, but if I take these pills, I won't be able to sleep again tonight and they're like oh we'll give you something for that later and so she was just fed like pills to keep her thin and she was like always put down about her looks and her weight and, and the size of her nose and all this stuff and just the treatment of these like child stars back in the day was really really bad mm. and then that affects his, affects her quite really quite badly uh, in later life but no it is I, like I say I'm surprised that I liked it so much but I did I think it's well worth a watch good I to be honest uh having not seen anything to do with it I saw the poster for it on on Sky and I thought to myself that looks like a Hallmark Channel <laughs> film so I'll, I'll probably give that a miss but you, you'd recommend it yeah I you know when you get surprised you know by a film like, that's such a good feeling when you just watch something not expecting a lot and then it just sort of sucks you in a little bit yeah. and it was like that it probably won't be everyone's taste especially I mean I imagine more females would like this than males now I'm sure a lot of my mates would watch that and go why did you like this but I don't know just think about it just uh, I quite enjoyed it so yeah that was good I'm going to give it a go yeah give it a go like I say her performance in it is amazing so I think that's the the, the main thing about that it's a, the main part of it that's awesome is, is her performance you know it's brilliant final thing that I've been doing this week as well is we always have a, a TV show that we watch with dinner and it's got to hit a few uh, criterias to be our TV dinner show it's got to be about half an hour long it's got to be a comedy and it's just got to be really easy to watch and so if you're having dinner you can just easily just sort of keep up with it you know and the latest one that we've been watching is Parks and Recreation, mm. um, which is an American show. I, anyway, I looked up Parks and Recreation. Shah recommended it. I read that the first series was critically panned in America. They said, this is absolute trash. It's not funny. It's just there's nothing good about it. But then the second series, it all changed. It all flipped around and the critics were absolutely loving it. And the, the series two to series seven, which is where it ends, are all like critically acclaimed, absolutely amazing. Anyway, so we started on the first series, watched that. It was okay. Now we're into the second series loving it it's such a good show I just it's so easy to watch I like all the characters it's funny and it's like heartwarming and it's just a great 30 minute TV dinner show to watch um, in the evening so that's what I've been watching nice yeah so good old mix and what about you Dan what have you been watching this week uh, first and foremost I took a trip to the cinema to watch Bill and Ted the latest Bill and Ted movie amazing what do you think was it uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, awesome. It, yeah, it was quite funny. Look, I, I hold the first two in high regard. I know they're not great films. I know they're not high art, but I really enjoy them. They have, similar to this week's film, uh, a, a place in my heart because of how, how often I, I watched them when I was younger. And it didn't ruin the franchise, which is the most important thing. It didn't ruin the memory of the first two. It kind of continued nicely on from there. There were some new characters introduced that I really enjoyed. There was a couple of characters I didn't particularly enjoy that thought they were kind of dead weight. But overall... I really enjoyed it and it was a lot better than I expected it to be. Just like you, I, I, I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it. So yeah, I'd recommend going to see that. 
it was yeah it was weird walking away from a film that i really expected just to be disappointed in it's actually delivered um on the <laughs> it's actually surpassed the low expectations i had so awesome yeah it was really good what was it like seeing them two like in their sort of 40s and 50s doing it i it, just wondered they played on it well actually yeah. so i don't know whether you've seen the originals yeah i have so they they're basically being told they are the the ones that create the song that saves humanity yeah um they're now it's 30 odd years on and they still haven't written that song. And <laughs> they're getting pressure from these, the, the people from the future saying, <laughs> you know, what are you doing? If, still if it's, yeah. And then they're suddenly told, oh, you, that you write, you, you have to write that song today. Otherwise, not only will humanity ta- die, but the whole of time. <laughs> so it like kind of snaps back and, and, and it goes that way. And, and I was like, okay they've just upped it a bit but it really works there's some really fun uh, there's a robot character in there that's so funny <laughs> he's like a mixture of the paranoid android character he's he's like oh it's, just, it's hard to explain you just you have to see him to uh to, to, to kind of get the humor um they introduce a couple of uh characters that are uh bill and ted's daughters uh that are in there death comes back and he's excellent and every he's not in it enough but every scene he's in he's absolutely excellent amazing no pun intended (laughs) excellent but yeah i really enjoyed it it was was really good fun awesome and secondly nola holmes which is a new netflix film oh is this the one with uh, millie bobby brown in yeah and uh, is it set in the olden days? Or? Yes, it okay. is. Yeah, it's set in the original times. Henry Cavill, old Superman, plays Sherlock awesome. Holmes, which I think he's miscast personally, but he, he's he's all right in it. He's, yep. he's quite good. And Nola Holmes, she's really good in it. I have to say, it's it's directed by a, a guy who did a couple of episodes of Fleabag, and oh, okay, and you can you can feel that in in it. There's a lot of breaking of the third wall, fourth wall. Uh, she looks down the camera and talks to the audience. So it's very Fleabag. It's kind of Fleabag Holmes type okay, thing. Okay, cool. Yeah. But I, I, it, it hops along at a, a decent pace and mm-hmm. has quite a blunt message in there about feminism. Is it a detective yeah. story? It seems yeah. to go the way that Mike Croft Holmes is always, is, who's uh, Sherlock Holmes's older brother, has always been um, in the books and films, always been like the more intelligent brother. Yeah. So Sherlock's actually, always, his, his brother's in more intelligent than him, but Sherlock uses it for detective work, whereas his brother's in the home office, I believe. He's a, he's a politician. Now it turns out that also his younger sister is more intelligent than him. So actually Sherlock Holmes is the thick one of the family. He's like the black sheep. Yeah, he is. He's a dumbass. <laughs> so if you want anything done, get his younger sister Enola in there. Enola, because backwards is it's alone apparently. Oh, interesting. Enola. Their mum liked wordplay. Uh so they that's kind of uh, rammed down your throat a few times. But <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I enjoyed it. It's a good, decent film it feels very much part of the robert downey jr sherlock holmes films uh, the, i like the, them a lot yeah the guy Ritchie ones it feels like the same world so it you know it's almost like henry cavill's playing a younger robert downey jr in it type thing very similar like smash cuts and things like that but yeah i like the fourth wall breaks i think she is brilliant she's a star she, yeah she's a ready-made star like well everything that. i've seen her in um she's been amazing i think she's gonna go far but then that's elementary oh <laughs> i'm cutting that out <laughs> I was thinking the last like two minutes. I was like, "How can I get that that little line in?" Because like you got to say that when you talk about Sherlock Holmes, didn't you? But yeah, no, she's really, really cool. She's awesome. I think ever since she like hit everyone's screens on Stranger Things, everyone's loved her. Oh, and, she's uh, great, and yeah. she's from she she lived in Bournemouth for she a while. Did yeah, local sort of hero. It's been in the local paper about like she spent a few years here, didn't she? And she went to a local school and stuff yeah. before she went to America and that. So yeah, excellent. So don't forget as Millie. 
That's it. Well, she had a tough time at school. So yeah, look at her now, you pricks. That's it. I mean, you wouldn't want to mess with her now with all yeah. these like telepathic powers and that. <laughs> telepathic <you> know. <laughs> powers. Powers of deduction. You can't beat her. No. <laughs> yeah, so r- worth a watch. Uh, awesome. Sit down with the family and watch that. It's really good. Cool. I also went to the cinema yesterday mm-hmm. uh, to watch uh, a little animated film called Dream Builders. It's a Pix- Pixar-esque animated film. I only went to see it because we were desperate for something to do and, and took the boy along. Yeah. But I, I thought I'd mention it. One, it's fine. It's it's fine. It's, it, you know, it's not going anywhere. It's not going to do good guns or any, anything. It's not going to set the world alight. But there was a lot. It's kind of like Kidception. It's like, okay. So Inception for kids, like. Yeah. So it's called Dream, Dream Builders. And basically what it is, is this uh, young girl in it, she, uh, there's a bit of family changes going on. Uh, she's going through a stressful time. So there's a bit of inside out kind of hint there and she kind of when she falls asleep she kind of manages to break through the walls of her dream and interact with the people building her dreams so there's kind of like these minion characters behind sets building like films they're they're building these dreams for people and creating uh, dreams there's they're writing scripts and things like that but it really there's certain like inception type things where for example she finds out that if she gets to somebody else's dream she goes through this maze of kind of different uh dream sets you can go to your say for example she goes to her dad's one and manages manages to make him obsessed with sardines uh, <laughs> by accident yeah and suddenly he's obsessed with sardines when she wakes when he wakes up so she's incepted him yeah i see she's gone she, into his dream yeah. and she's like leonardo DiCaprio. he's like like heist heisted his way yeah. into some she makes That's it amazing. seem very easy <laughs> So Leonardo DiCaprio is an absolute dullard because this young girl, she must only be eight or nine, manages to make her dad like sardines instantly just by showing it in her dreams. And then she makes a girl like hamsters who was, had a phobia of them. Basically, she, her rival in the film is is her stepsister who moves in yep. with her and makes her life hell. Yeah. And she decides that she wants to get her own back by incepting her with a few bad ideas or good ideas originally. And then she, she kind of turns a bit and then, you know, as it will go, spoilers, spoiler alerts. If you're going to see this random animated film out in the cinema, they end up becoming friends and working together. But there's so many bits in there. I was like, this is inception. This is inception. <laughs> all the way through, but it's a lot, a lot easier to understand than inception. Yeah. And it was quite fun. The, the boy enjoyed it. Cass fell asleep. Uh, but again, <laughs> that's standard. <laughs> but yeah, it's worth a watch. And finally, just a small mention, another father-son bonding thing. We've been playing Marvel event, Marvel's Avengers on the Xbox. Amazing. One. Enjoying it? Yes. Well, yes. Yes, yeah. I am. What I would say is the gameplay is quite repetitive. Okay. It's enjoyable while you're doing it, and it's great to be throwing around Cap Shield or Thor's Monier or, you know, smashing things up as Hulk I and bet. shooting lasers out of your, your your arms with Iron Man and whatever. <laughs> and it's it, really fun, but it does get repetitive. The levels are similar and the same, and it, it kind of feels like cookie-cutter levels. But that's quite good for a three and a half year old. Yeah. Uh, he probably shouldn't be playing it really, but he's obsessed <laughs> with the Avengers. So I have to let him. Awesome. Um, but it's good fun. It's good for, I, what I do really think is, is great in it is actually the, the, the story and the script mm. is, is really good. It's a really good story. And I, I can imagine them making a film version of this. Yeah. Um, Cause the story's so good. The story's you can see really it in good. a movie. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Like you, you, 
there's no real spoilers in this, but Cap dies in like the very early scenes. Mm. Um, and it's all about how the Avengers reco- uh, recover from that and, and regroup or reassemble. And yeah, it's a really good story and, and quite gripping. I, I found myself looking forward to the, the cutscenes rather than yeah. some of the, you know, smash and smash and smash and smash kind of thing. Yeah, myself. that's it. You want to find out what happens. Yeah. yeah. So specifically the Hulk levels where you get to choose your character later on and, and, and like switch between, but the Hulk levels, you're just smashing people up and it, it's good for a bit and the, the boy loves it because it's his favourite characters yeah. and, and all that stuff but yeah it's a bit repetitive but good fun all the, all the same oh awesome well actually you make a good point about uh, sort of computer games and stories and things like I play a lot of computer games and um, I only really play single player games and that's really for the story and they're becoming so much like films now you know I just finished a game about two three weeks ago The Last of Us 2 you know this is like really gritty really dark brooding game um, very cinematic and you know it, it's hard to tell the difference between that and a movie you know it's it just looks so good and the acting that the cgi you know they've they, they captured people's faces and you know they're acting in it's so amazing and it's so emotional and there's so many amazing bits and things and like it, computer games are proper blur it's blurring the lines now between like film and computer games you know it's really Definitely. really interesting should we crack on with this week's film yeah so the film um was your choice which was last action hero this summer, it's head-on thrills. I have killed people smarter and younger than you. Head-first excitement. I hate when it happens. He's got the ticket! Now I possess power. Real power. He's gone over to my world! In this world, the bad guys can win! The door must still be open, come on! If I go, how do I get back? And it's coming at you from both sides of the screen. Where am I now? This isn't the movies anymore, Jack. Please be careful, things were different here. Damn it, that hurt! Arnold Schwarzenegger is Jack Slater. No! This hero stuff has its limits. And Jack Slater is... Everybody down! The Last Action Hero. The big ticket for 93. I'll be back. Ha! You did not gonna say that, did you? That's what you always say. I do? So do you want to give us George's famous synopsis first? Yeah, I'd love to. So Last Action Hero is a movie all about um, a young boy who's mad keen on movies, especially action films. And his favourite action film is the, the Jack Slater movies. He goes to the cinema and there's a new film coming out, Jack Slater 4, I think. Yep. And the cinema owner, who's his friend, who basically says, oh, I've got an early copy of it. Would you like to come and have a little watch? So he says, oh, yeah, cool. He doesn't say that. He's actually buzzing about it. Anyway, he goes to the cinema, watching this movie, and the the cinema owner basically says to him, "Oh, um, there's I've got a magic ticket here. Basically, this is something that Houdini gave me. Mental, I know. But anyway, <laughs> have this ticket. Apparently, it can it's got magic powers. Anyway, as he's watching the movie, um, a stick of dynamite comes out of the film, and he's like, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god!" And um, next thing, he's actually in the movie. Anyway, half the film sort of plays out where he's inside the movie with his with his hero, the Arnold Schwarzenegger character, and um, they're running around LA, sort of doing this, that, and the other. 
clever. And then one of the baddies realizes he can actually go from the movie to the real world. So so the baddie actually comes into the real world. And um, then Arnold Schwarzenegger and the boy, they go into the real world to stop him. And uh, yeah, lots of action ensues. And uh, yeah, it's a, a darn good time. You know, it's had by all. Great stuff. Let's uh, hit on with the official synopsis that I found on the Google. <laughs> Following the death of his father... Young Danny Madigan, Austin O'Brien, takes comfort in watching action movies featuring the indestructible Los Angeles cop, Jack Slater, Arnold Schwarzenegger. After being given a magic ticket by theatre manager Nick, Robert Prosky, Danny is sucked into the screen and bonds with Slater. When evil fictional villain Benedict, Charles Dance, gets his hands on the ticket and enters the real world, Danny and Jack must follow and stop him. What I thought would be good this week is um, I text Dan um, midweek while I was watching this because as I was watching the movie, I thought to myself, actually, if I was that boy sitting in the cinema, what movie would I like to have been sucked into when I was 12 years old? And so I text Dan. I said, Dan, ready for us um, doing our new podcast this week? Have a little think. What movie world would you have liked to have been sucked into when you were a kid and uh, to, you know, sort of lark about in that world? So, Dan, as a 12-year-old, if you're sitting in the cinema, what movie or what sort of franchise or whatever would you have liked to um, have been sucked into? It depends how old I was, firstly. What, yeah, you good know, shout. Later teens. Uh, and are we excluding porn? <laughs> That's amazing. Um, no, I think go for it. Um, like I say, it's, uh, we've had a few porn mentions, haven't we? Like they'll shave in Ryan's privates and all that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so it's I always could, there bubbling under the surface. Yeah, I can imagine 13, 14-year-old me quite wanting to be uh, sucked into porn, as you put it. <laughs> so uh, good. But, you know, we've, we'll put that to one side and say that's a given. Uh, but otherwise, there's a few I would mention. Last action dildo. <laughs> yes. so it's just more, but yeah. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> nice, I like it. <laughs> Um, so sorry so there's a few yep go for it sorry mate <laughs> uh, yeah so my first one and this is a, a harder question than you'd initially realised because when you're younger a lot of the films you watch aren't actually in places you'd want to live or be so there are exceptions to this but a lot of the, pl- the places like I wouldn't want to jump into some of the action films you know that are going on because actually some of them are hellscapes of horrible people and things like that so I was looking for worlds that I'd like to immerse myself in so the first one that came up because again massive influence uh, when I was younger is Labyrinth with Jennifer Connelly and David Bowie awesome so I just feel that world is so bizarre you know it's a strange quirky world with you can't really tell what's up what's down what's right what's wrong nothing is as it seems it's a dream world and yeah it's just quite it's a crazy crazy place and I might also bump into the 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 Goblin King uh, David Bowie (laughs) as well which is a bonus so that's the first one that hit me Secondly, when I was younger, I was obsessed with dinosaurs. So Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's cool. Again, I was torn because, well, I generally could have been torn uh, apart by, by dinosaurs. <laughs> but I was torn because, you know, it's, it, I'd like to see Jurassic Park if it was constructed correctly. And I'd like to go and see those dinosaurs and, and say, wow, but I don't want to be eaten or electrocuted. <laughs> Or, you know, have a shit and get... <laughs> I was going to say, it'll be half. on the toilet and the building gets <laughs> yeah. blown off, yeah. I'd rather just enjoy the park before it gets fucked up. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, those are my first two. How about you? What are your, what are your initial thoughts? So, there's one which is sort of glaringly obvious with myself so yeah I, I knew you'd know that straight away so first one's an obvious one for me Star Wars I've liked it ever since they they re-come out in I think it was 97 they got re-released in the cinemas I went to the original ones in 1997 and ever since then I just loved them you know so that even now I'd love to go into Star Wars and I mean who wouldn't all the lightsabers and the space battles and stuff so that's really really cool another one which I would love to go into which is a bit more sort of down to earth is that a film I really like is um, Home Alone and 
I always fancied setting up little traps for them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I had that, and like every time, even when I watch them now, I just think it's. I just love the kid's imagination of how with everyday household things he can, you know, screw a couple of burglars over. Mm. And um, I still love that. And I always loved, you know, um, Home Alone. Always loved Home Alone. And I would have loved to have been, you know, I would love to have comedy burglars come to my house and to mess them up, not scary burglars, because that would have been bad. Yeah. Um, the other one as well is I was really obsessed when I was a kid. I still am a bit with Toy Story. Story, like especially the first one I absolutely loved the first film and strangely like I mean I would have loved to have been Andy the only thing is he doesn't know the toys are alive but I just I loved the thought of like when in Andy's world when he goes out the room his toys play around you know and have their own lives and I would like I would have liked my toys when I was a kid to have been playing around and stuff so well that might come across as a bit of a horror though you come back and your room's been rearranged <laughs> by poltergeist it could be quite scary couldn't from it? Andy's eyes it must be absolutely horrifying terrifying yeah the, I just I just think it'd be so cool to to as long as there's nothing too spooky going on to sort of come back and just be like because that did used to happen when I was a kid you come back and think I'm sure we put that there. You know, well, all that. Your mum's been tidying up after That's you. it. But like when you're a kid, you know, your imagination runs wild. Yeah. And so I think there'd be my movies, Star Wars, Home Alone and Toy Story. And porn. <laughs> and porn, absolutely. <laughs> just as a genre. Yeah, that's it. Don't need to, any, specific, <laughs> any specifics actually? <laughs> no, we'll just say as a genre of porn. Okay. Yeah, two goals, one cup. <laughs> oh, disgusting. <laughs> that's one I wouldn't like to be brought no, into. No, <laughs> absolutely. Like I say, that would be a horror film. That would be disgusting. But yeah, so I think, yeah, but we've um, come up with some good, you know, movies we'd like to be sucked into. And um, Stop saying sucked into. I know, sorry. I've got to go <laughs> off, this porn, um, off this porn tangent. So I guess on with the movie then. Last um, action hero. Last action hero. Absolutely. Um, I'll start with you, Dan. You picked it. You've seen it before, haven't you? Yeah, several times. Big Arnie fan. So anything Arnie kept brought out in you know the eighties, nineties, early two thousands, I just lapped up. Still, am a big Arnie fan. He's not the greatest actor in the world, but he just is is pure charisma, isn't he? So I was just mm. I was obsessed with him as a kid. This big, bulky, weird accent strange actor so yeah everything he he brought out i loved i lapped it up um, yeah. and being younger you don't realize what are the bad films what are the good films they're just arnie films but i did love last action hero there's something about it it's charming I, it's the first proper meta film that i remember seeing it's self-referential you didn't really you're like wow he's actually playing himself but also a character and yeah that, that blew my mind so that's how i remember this film just like being so different and so quirky how about you yeah, so I'd seen it before, before we, we come to it. I'm like you, I absolutely love Arnold Schwarzenegger. I think it's the time we sort of grew up. We're sort of similar age, and I think anyone sort of like five years below us and five years above us you know in age would just love Arnie because he was like the first big action star and like if you if I ever think of the word action hero I always just automatically think of him you know and always will for the rest of my life some of his movies are like you know some of my absolute favourite movies so yeah loved this film when I was a kid hadn't watched it for probably 15 years this movie so when you mentioned it I was keen to, to, to watch it and like I had quite a lot of a different experience watching it this time being an adult and that's just because there's so much in this film that uh, a child just wouldn't understand yeah 100% you know um, but that's the great thing you know you can watch this as a kid and completely enjoy it and you can watch this as an adult and completely enjoy it but for a different reason and that's the experience I had with this film you know I there's images in this film that's really stuck with me but some of the like story beats and things I, I'd forgotten and some of the, the things they said I didn't get when I was a kid and now I did you yeah. know so I, I was really glad to watch it again and to look at it as an adult and references subtle and not so subtle in here that I didn't get when I was younger and now I understand uh, which is great and I think it it just the, the, in its very DNA it's not only getting the best out of the fact that 
it's both written and directed by people who created these films that it's playing on and taken the piss out of in certain areas. So it's written and directed by those people. So they know it so well, they're managing to take the piss out of themselves. So it's kind of like... For me, it feels like the end of Arnie's proper action career. I know he did; he's done a, he's done a few since then, but it feels like the last film where he was taken seriously. Because after that, it all feels like I've taken the piss out of this in the past, yeah. and now I'm to jingle like, all yeah. the way. Yeah, you know, I mean, I love that movie, but you, you're right. Um, if you look at his filmography after this, I think the act, the really good action movies, are sort of sparse. You've got like horror movies, sort of end of days. You've got that Eraser, which. I didn't really like that much. You haven't got a lot after no, this, have it's, you? It's a, like he's done all the Expendables, you know, the Escape Plan and Last Stand yeah. and all that lot. But if you look after uh, Collateral Damage, Batman and Robin, it the was six, <laughs> the Sixth Day. That's another yeah, one, is Junior. It? True Lies is an ex- <laughs> yeah, that exception. is an exception. That is an yeah. incredible film. But it, it was kind of downhill from there when it comes to. But I think True Lies is a kind of uh, quite a take on the spy genre isn't it is what if an action star like honey was a, a spy which mm-hmm. is ludicrous and kind of high concept but i think his true action films kind of downhill from there yeah. so i think this was quite a turning point because it was self-referential he had started straying into the comedy side of thing kid friendly because that's where the money was yeah. uh, effectively and yeah I, I think it was it was kind of the pinnacle of his kind of uh, his turn into this like kid friendly superstar yeah uh, he's gone from these violent movies even horror you know the horror inflected cyberpunk films like terminator and now yeah he's gone fully into the f- comedy family film yeah. with with elements of you know a- yeah dark action it's almost like, like a sort of a good middle ground this isn't it yeah. you know it's sort of got a bit of both um it's strange to talk about the very very last scene of the movie but as you were saying, it's you know you could almost say this was the end of his like action career. The the very last scene in this is him actually driving off into the sunset, like waving. You know mm. what I mean? He, I mean, I know he probably couldn't predict that, but looking back on it now, it is a bit like oh maybe that was him saying you know that's me done with the really adult stuff, the eighteen certificate stuff, and I'm going to go into the the more child friendly family sort of movies. You yeah, know? but he also kind of came back to it. So he went through a series like even if you go like to Terminator Three and stuff like that, they they were more family friendly versions of the Terminator. Yeah. But then he did you know like th- around the world in eighty days. But then you know in in two thousand and tens he started doing the Expendables, which are proper all out action films. But again, they are quite self referential. That's it. They're sort of like uh, sort of an extension of this, aren't they? Yeah. Really, they're sort of harking back to you know what it's like. Yeah, he's done like sabotage, and I, I think the most recent Terminator was a bit of a, a return to form for the Terminator. It wasn't great, but Dark Fate was the best Terminator film since Terminator Two, uh, which isn't saying much because they've all been mostly <laughs> awesome or awful. But yeah, he's he's kind of. Uh, dipped his toe back into that after a, a you know probably a 10 to 15 years of of not so great stuff hmm. yeah absolutely but again like i mentioned like if you look into the director and writer of this john mctiernan is the director and he has done some bangers not he? many films but no i had a, a little um research before this and because um, his seeing his name on like come up at the start of a film felt really familiar because a couple of his movies i've watched i'm sure you have as well i'm talking about hundreds of times almost do you know what i mean it's just die hard Predator in my mind he, yeah, immediately that's John what I mean. Die Hard Predator Die Hard I mean also he did the two best Die Hards didn't he do you yes. know what I mean he didn't even do the second one which is definitely the worst of the first three yeah. so you know he did the two best Die Hards and Predator you know this guy mm. knows his action and like you say he hadn't done many movies I was surprised because I looked him up and uh, he seems to like stop in like sort of like the mid 2000s mm. and then that's it he doesn't 
dropped the mic. That's what he's yeah. done. He dropped the mic. He's Fair like, play. there's no more I can do. He also, a uh, reference to a previous uh, uh, episode, did The Hunt for Red October, which was a prequel to Clear and Present Danger. Ah, okay, yeah, cool. So, yeah, he's he, his hit rate's really good. You know, let's talk from Predator. It goes Predator, Die Hard, The Hunt for Red October, Medicine Man, Last Action Hero, Die Hard with a Vengeance, uh, The Thomas Crown Affair, 13th Warrior, Rollerball, and Basic. Wow, that's, so, that's, a, that's a good list. Yeah, absolutely. Like I say, he, um, it's concise and they're all, well, mostly amazing films, you know. They've got a lot of merit. So, yeah, fair play to him. And he's adapting uh, a screenplay from Shane Black, who... There's also had a mention on here before because I watched Kiss Kiss Bang Bang a few weeks ago. Ah, this is the Robert Downey Jr. movie you enjoyed, wasn't yeah, it? That's Val right. Kilmer. Yeah, that's that right. It. So really enjoyed that. He's got a great list as well. You can see Lethal Weapon, Lethal Weapon 2, awesome. Lethal Weapon 3, <laughs> Last Action Hero, Lethal Weapon 4, <laughs> Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Iron Man 3, The Nice Guys, and The Predator, the most recent one. He also acted in the original Predator. He, oh, did he? he was Who was he in as well? He was one of the main, one of the main assault team that arrived. Awesome, that's cool. So he's one of Dutch's gang. Yeah, right? yeah that's, that's right, cool. Yeah. Awesome. So yeah, it, it, obviously them and they are working alongside Arnold Schwarzenegger. That is a formidable combination of action royalty. Mm. So how can it go wrong? That's it. Well. The interesting thing is, I'm sure you've read this as well, it was proper panned when it, it came out, didn't it? absolutely was. It, no? it flopped. Yeah. And unfortunately, one of the main reasons for that is because of something I've already mentioned this week, is Jurassic Park. Come out to similar sort of weekends and, yeah. Yeah, Jurassic Park actually trounced this at, at the box office and this became probably, I think it's Arnold Schwarzenegger's biggest regret in regards to flops. It's, it's yeah, it kind of hit everybody quite hard, I think. Maybe it came at the wrong time. Maybe he should have done this 10 years later or 15 years later, you know. Maybe he was in the prime of his career and the public weren't ready for this sort of movie because if you sort of do a bit of reading on this, people do love this movie. And I just think at the time, they didn't, people didn't get it. I think in 1993 this came out. I think people wanted action movies to be action movies or comedies to be comedies. And when they're, they've got this film, which I think they probably watched and thought, this is taking the piss out of like some of, do you know what I mean? They couldn't handle it mm. almost. And so, yeah, I just don't think that at the time they could get their head around what this film was trying to do. And it's like, do you remember we talked a few weeks ago about when things come out and critics are saying this, that and the other and they don't quite get it. And it takes five years, 10 years, 20 years for people to look at it again and go, actually, like I can see the merit in that. Yeah. You know, we can blame loads of films which have been panned when they came out and this is another i would say look it's obvious there was there was a mess behind the scenes in creating this and it was a bit of a nightmare shoot apparently there were rewrites and things like that and look, it's obvious you can see some of that and you can see where there's certain points where it's it's gone down the wrong the, the wrong path but you cannot deny at any point that this is fun <laughs> it's fun and Absolutely. that's the one thing it achieves there's yeah. some funny bits there's some great action bits there's you know it's just everything you want from like an Arnold Schwarzenegger film, in, in my opinion. So it might have flopped, but I think, like you say, it's it's got a place in everybody's heart who, yeah. who watched it at a young age. And, and even people re-watching it um, now love it. So... I always find it's not one of his most well-known films in, in sort of my circle. You know, everyone has seen sort of Terminator 2. A lot of people have seen, you know, Predator and things. I still, when I say mention Last Action Hero, people go, oh, I've never seen that one. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It did go a little bit under the radar, I think. So we'll get into the plot, I think. Uh, but before we do, it's probably worth mentioning that when I suggested this, it was available on Prime. 
oh yeah this is actually yeah it's worth mentioning because you had to text me didn't you yeah. <laughs> i texted you i was just about to watch it and it's it had been removed from amazon prime <laughs> i was like oh fuck so so i had to buy it which i was fuming about i had to pay a whole two pound 70 i think and uh, i did too yeah so i had to text you and say uh, sorry mate yeah <laughs> so it, it, the problem is they don't like with amazon i don't think they tell you when something's got a uh, limited time left so I, I just picked it and then and it had gone by the time we watched it but hopefully some of you guys have got the old dvd or something that you rewatched, <laughs> or uh, it's probably the whole film's probably on youtube or something i should imagine yeah in 25 parts yeah but, exactly, like, yeah. 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 but no I, I exactly say mate obviously you know you text me saying it's it's, it's gone off prime now um to be honest i i think it was money well spent <laughs> i yeah. enjoyed it was really really good and um, it, yeah. yeah and like i say that couple of pound it does give you a rent rental for like a few days so i mean i don't really buy many things off amazon because i usually just watch things that are on amazon prime Agreed. you know yeah. so i bought this and i thought oh, that's not bad i mean because it means that you know if someone else wanted to watch it in the household a few days later you can do that so it's not a bad couple of pounds spent i think it was on offer at the time which is good yeah absolutely always up for a bargain <laughs> so let's go with this so opening scene we're in a jack slater movie <laughs> we're already in the movie so you don't know this at the time but yeah. you're watching a load of police cars surrounding a building I thought I'd actually put the wrong movie on. I thought I'd put Die Hard on. How much does it look like <laughs> outside and, the Nakatomi Plaza? Yeah. Like with the, yeah, it's got that. It's also very lethal weapon. Mm. Um, uh, you're thinking that Mel Gibson's going to rock up and someone's, someone else's, you know, Danny Glover's going to turn up and say it's not his day or something <laughs> or he's too old for this shit. Yeah. Uh, you know, that kind of stuff. But uh, the, the first bit is so cool when he's walking out on cop cars. Like, for no yeah. apparent reason, he's walking over cop cars yeah. that are parked. There's 25 out there and he's walking over everyone. And there's a shouty police ch- uh, chief. Yeah. Classic. Slater! That kind of stuff. <laughs> And then the the mayor's involved, who's um, a woman, and it's Tina Turner, yeah, which is like just ra- mental. Like, so random. I know, it's really random, but brilliant. I love that. She's in it for a total of 10 seconds. <laughs> and he, so he's like, obviously, there's this negotiation going on, but Slater turns up and decides he wants to do it his way. Jack Slater being Arnold Schwarzenegger's character, like you said, he's in like snakeskin boots, walking across police car roofs with a fat cigar in his mouth. <laughs> squinting like Clint, uh, Clint Eastwood. Yeah. So he, he's being told, don't go in there, Slater. You're going to be in big trouble if you do. But he walks in. Is this where he delivers this unbelievable line? One of the worst and greatest lines <laughs> in any film of all time. Do, do you know what it is? Yeah. So this line is where he says, are you a farmer? And the guy, I mean, the, I can't remember what the guy says, probably no. He says, hey, you want to be a farmer? <laughs> this is it, yeah. Here's a couple of acres. And then kicks him in the nuts, which is just amazing. And he flies, the, the guy flies 10 yeah. feet in the air, no exaggeration, yeah. from a dick kick. Yeah, it's so mental. But I think actually the whole film has already been like some, like if yeah. you didn't know what sort of movie you're going to be watching, those first 25, 30 seconds. Is, that's, that's what I've put here. It's a perfect intro introduction to the character and the film yeah it's similar to uh, machete in that first scene you you know what's going on yeah you know yeah this is what what to expect yeah um, the good thing about this uh, i like though uh, with machete i think that we were almost sold a dummy in a way that it got quite complicated do you remember we talked yeah. about the plot and with this i'm happy to say it does throughout it sort of sticks with it you know which is really really cool you know the Arnold Schwarzenegger character in this is a hardened action hero and he stays like that for the whole movie and it's better for it it follows through on the promise yeah. that you get in those first first few scenes yeah. he also crushes a, a police radio with his bare hands yeah, which is like, great like you do <laughs> <laughs> and then we meet the Ripper and 
I mentioned on him, a word on him, I really like the actor who plays this guy. And the only thing I know he's been in, which I've seen a lot of, is Robocop 2. You yeah. know, he's the guy with the nuke. And I really liked him in that film. I just thought he was really spooky, really scary. When I was a kid, that he, he just used to freak me out. And it's the same with this Ripper character. He plays a really scary guy um, really well, I think. He scared um, the shit out of me as a kid. Yeah, he is scary. Tom Noonan. Yeah, strange um, looking. Like Obviously, a lot of makeup on there. Yeah. His hair's like balding and long. He's got too many teeth in his mouth. Is like pitted, pockmarked skin. Yeah. Like shiny in the rain. And hit that yellow jacket. There's probably about three or four things in this film that I really remember for yeah. like really burned into my head from being a kid. And one of those things is his yellow sailor's jacket. You know, yeah. I always remember, and the axe. Always remember that in my head. That always reminds me of I Know What You Did Last Summer. Did you yeah. Remember? I know that one. Yeah. The one yeah. where they sort of run the guy over yeah. and then he's coming back. Yeah. Good shout. And at this point, you realize that the Ripper has hold of Jack Slater's son. And this is where we get a line that you hear in a lot of films that really, really bothers me. Is he says, and bearing in mind this guy is his son, this boy is his son, let the boy go. Who would say that? You're holding my son. Like, yeah. You would name him or say, you know, let my son go or let him go. Yeah. Let the boy go. I hate that sentence. It's your son. I <laughs> know. <laughs> is there nothing better you can call him than yeah. the boy? And the Ripper asks him to remove the guns and you get the cliche, he's got guns on every inch of his body. Yeah. That's the thing. I, I was I was smiling, do you know what I mean? Like I when I watched this for the you know, as an adult then, so I'm thinking before I'm watching it, I'm thinking, well I still laugh at like some and I was still laughing. Like silly, but it is funny. Like having him having loads of guns on him is just is quite funny. It was it's still funny. <laughs> yeah. And then he throws a grenade at his son, basically. Well yeah, which is a mental thing to do. Like absolutely crazy. And then he then he says, Jack, that can't be real. Like, I mean, I'd forgotten how this played out. So when he lobbed that grenade, I was thinking, what the, is it? Yeah, same. Yeah. what's gonna happen here? Like, what is it? And um it's actually really clever, isn't it? How yeah. that, that that grenade is actually a knife in disguise, and, he sh- and his son, like clever son, like knows what to do, shoves it into the ripper's yeah. leg. Then he throws. Does he throw the kid off the roof, roof at this point? Yeah, I think this is the point where yeah, the sort of tragedy happens. Yeah, and, and then the uh, axe is thrown at the screen, yeah. and boom. Yeah, it says Jack Slater four or whatever. Yeah, and it, and it ends up. That know. would have been um, a good bit for three D in this day. And yeah, age, exactly. The axe coming through and yeah. stuff. Yeah, and that blew my mind when I first saw it. Mm. First time I'd seen something proper meta in a film, as as far as I can remember. Thinking like this is crazy. They're doing a movie within a movie. This is this is mad. Yeah. And as a movie lover, when I was a kid, it was like your dream. Like that question that you threw across this week about you know which movies would, would you want to jump in. That there's, there's there there's loads of them. You know, I chose a couple, but. It's like, wow, what a dream that would be to have a golden ticket to just jump in anywhere. Yeah, better than going to a chocolate factory. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Why would I want to go to a chocolate factory? Yeah, this is like the movie lovers, Charlie and Chocolate Factory, yeah. isn't it? Do you know what I mean? This film is for is for action movie lovers who were born between sort of nineteen eighty and, and nineteen ninety, isn't it? Really, uh, yeah, it really 100%. is. And then we found ourselves. We're introduced to the young boy character who is called. Danny, isn't it? Danny. Yeah, right. it's Danny. He lives in New York and, uh, you know, this is where we first sort of see the cinema and we also see him sort of walk to school and all this sort of stuff, you know, and outside the cinema. And something I did notice is that the real world in this film just looks so dirty. Did you notice that? Like, yeah. when he's walking down the street, it just looks like a really dirty part of New York. And when we see anything in the film, it always looks quite fresh and quite green. It's and a counterpoint, and, isn't it? Yeah. LA versus New York. It is. And, and during that period, uh, New York still wasn't as clean as it is today. It was like seventies were its worst point, I believe, but eighties, nineties, it was still like, that still had their, its dodgy areas. Um, and it probably still does, but not as much. It's become very gentrified, but it was 
in this film, it's dirty, run down, grimy. Isn't yeah, it? like I noticed in the cinema, you know, there's graffiti sort of like inside the cinema, yeah. which you just you wouldn't see these days. But on note on the cinema, it's the coolest looking cinema ever. And it's like it's a gothic like architecture, and it's just so cool how the the little boy has got you know who's like he's sort of best mates with the the old cinema. What's the word for that person? The projectionist. Projectionist. That is just really cool. And I think, you know, he owns the cinema and he just says, oh, let, he lets him in any time and he can walk through the back door. It's just, it's really cool. You say cool. I say creepy. <laughs> Actually, good show. In the 90s, this was fine. Yeah. No, this is not allowed. This, this old man is inviting a young kid to private midnight screenings and telling him not to tell his mum. <laughs> yeah, that, He's grooming him. <laughs> It's right. That he only gets away with it because the guy, the, the kid, actually like jumps into the screen. He's like, "Oh shit, I was gonna, you know, I was gonna get that tonight." <laughs> and then the kid comes back with this, you know, six foot three yeah. Austrian oak, and he's like, "Oh, I can't go anywhere near the kid now. I'm gonna get battered." <laughs> yeah, have to make sure he gets back in the film. Yeah. So we wonder what happened after the credits rolled. <laughs> <laughs> so we we learn that this kid is obviously a massive movie fan. He he uses it as an escape. He goes there and he loves his Jack Slater films. He spends a lot of time there, so he's got to know this kid i'm sure that this uh, projectionist projectionist i'm sure it's not supposed to come across as uh, across as creepy but for me it had uh, it had grooming written all over it <laughs> and then we see him kind of in a in a school lesson i believe yeah and this is quite a funny part actually isn't it this is where he can't concentrate on his on his shakespeare work and basically starts imagining the shakespeare movie that they're sort of watching actually stars jack slater and like he's sort of you know kicking ass in that which is cool nice touch i found out later after seeing the film is uh the teacher mentions Laurence Olivier's Hamlet and talking about that. She it turns out she was Laurence Olivier's third wife. Oh, wow. So yeah. they probably, you know, I don't know, mentioned that and then said, actually, should let's, we use her? Because she's, in, yeah. yeah, that's cool. And so they're talking about Hamlet and our boy Danny dreams, uh, daydreams that Arnie is in a film, uh, a Hamlet film. And it's it's another great fake trailer, as in Machete again. So there's, there's a lot of things that I think Machete uh, drew from this. Yeah. So another fake trailer of Arnie playing Hamlet and kicking ass, basically. Yeah. And I think, again, that within the first sort of 10, 20 minutes, we know exactly what this kid's like. He's just obsessed with films, you know. He he doesn't he can't be bothered to go to school. He seems like a nice lad. Like, you know, he, I think he's really relatable to lots of, um you know, sort of young movie fans back in the day. You look back and think, oh, maybe I was a bit like that, sitting at school just thinking about movies and TV and computer games, do you know what I mean? I do wonder what Shakespeare, the bard, would have thought of the tagline of one of his plays being, <laughs> something is rotten in the state of Denmark and Hamlet <laughs> is taking out the trash. <laughs> I'm sure he would, I hope he would have loved it. I'm sure Shakespeare would have been a big old action movie fan. I hope. I've always wanted to see an Uzi in Shakespeare's play. <laughs> yeah, that's it, absolutely. And also the line, to be or not to be, not to be. Not to be. <laughs> Doesn't even bang. make sense. No, I know. It's, Doesn't even it's not even sense. clever. No. You know, because I was sort of, I was sort of waiting for like, yeah, like an extra little bit on that to like be really clever. But no, he's just picked one of the <laughs> options. Like, but anyway, it works for Arnie. He, he can get away with it. Yeah. <laughs> and then we found out the kid's been skipping school to watch movies. Yeah. Don't blame him. And then we meet his mother, who's I think was really good in it. Yeah, she was cool. Yeah, yeah, she was good. She she was sort of playing the sort of really busy mum, like you know she's tr trying to she's trying to looks like she's trying to juggle a lot. Yeah. They live in a small flat and stuff. And uh, yeah, no, she was good. And he obviously we've mentioned New York's really run down. Mm. He's promised to go to this midnight screening with this creepy grooming guy, <laughs> yeah. a grooming projectionist, <laughs> and he basically gets a random point at it. You know, he he gets held up with a knife 
in his, his I forgot about this bit completely. It's so yeah, random. Yeah, again, this bit was sort of quite shocking. Yeah, but um, basically, someone breaks into the flat. Do yeah. you know what I mean? And it's a bit. I mean, um, I was going to mention sort of at some point that there's. I, I felt this movie in a way was too long. Yeah. There, it's, it's long, isn't it? Yeah. Um, way and, too long. And and there's bits I sort of would have cut out and I would have trimmed. And this is probably one of the bits I would have trimmed. You know, it sort of doesn't sort of fit with the rest of the movie, really. Does it? Doesn't it? need to be there. It doesn't add no. anything for me uh, at all, uh, except for the fact that he's then on the police radar. Yeah. But yeah, and also. I noticed that he's looking at the clock when he he gets taken when he's uh, being held at knife point and mm. he's got half an hour to get to the screening at midnight. Yeah, because that's what he's keen to get there, isn't he? Yeah. But then he gets taken into police custody, <laughs> yeah. questioned, and he still manages <laughs> he to still make it back it. to the cinema as well. <laughs> Very strange. That, not not going to happen. No. And then the old man plays a bit of dress up for him, which is even weirder, <laughs> uh, and puts on a nice smart suit for him. Oh yeah, how does it look? It's all tight and stuff. Like it's pretty weird, isn't it? <laughs> he, he's acting like it's a date. I'm telling you, it's creepy <laughs> as hell. He says he always wants to be a magician. Yeah. Harry Houdini link, so that tells us, oh, Harry Houdini's involved. That's why the thing the of ticket Harry, is magic. The thing of Harry Houdini is. Um, I, I might be wrong, but I thought the guy was more of like an escape artist, not a magician. You know what I mean? So anyway, it just basically, I never got why they mentioned that. Like, yeah. why didn't he just say some real crazy magic man gave this to me? Like, I thought Harry Dini was a guy who got into water, tied himself up, and then said, "Look, I'll get yeah. it out." Do you know what I mean? Like, he was a famous escapologist. He did yeah. do tricks, but he was more of a person who liked to show behind the curtain and say, "There's no such thing as magic. There's it's tricks and illusions." Yeah. So he, yeah. So, uh, so he wouldn't have had a magic golden ticket, no, unless he was bluffing and said, "No, there's no such thing as magic," because. Yeah. You know, but well, maybe is. he came from a movie. Yeah, he came out of a movie, became Harry Houdini, and then you know, yeah. wow. So yeah, it's a passport to another world. Now it's yours. He's grooming him. He's paying him. <laughs> He's paying him in golden tickets. To, <laughs> I'm telling you, this is weird. Um, a whole new take. Yeah, and do you notice that they ripped the magic ticket and there was a big sparkly tw- twinkle? Yeah, this and and. Every the time we saw this, saw this, saw this ticket, we saw this. Sort but of no one seems thing. to notice it. <laughs> no, I know. It seems mad, like they decided it? to add that later on. And the actors are just, uh, they don't seem to notice it. Like, <laughs> this little diddly. Like, did you yeah. not notice? <laughs> Adjacent to this going on, there's a movie print premiere uh, screening the next day, I think, with Arnie. But yeah. he's testing this this film role. Uh, so he says, do you want to come to the cinema and watch it with me? Yeah. Um, so he's getting like a preview screening, which is just a dream, unless you're getting groomed. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's just a dream sitting there and watching it on your own. The film, you know, film franchise. You know, imagine the Star Wars film. You, you know, a projectionist calling you and saying, "Do you want to come and watch it a few days before everyone else?" Oh, yeah. mate, old man or not, I would have been there. It's you know a dream, I mean? isn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <I'll> just, <laughs> just take it. <laughs> no, okay, <I'm> now. <laughs> but then we're introduced to Jack Slater Four with a great Metallica song. Yeah, and we meet. One of my favourite action movie villains of all time, Charles Dance. Oh, he is great in this. So this is probably the second really distinctive uh, moment that sort of stuck with me as a kid. It's where he's, this is where he's in that villa, isn't he? And he's basically, because he's, although he's the baddie, he's actually the henchman for like three quarters of the movie, isn't he? And he mm. becomes the the main baddie, you know, once he, he sort of tops the Italian guy later on. But yeah, basically he's got a glass eye and they're sort of chatting and and he basically pulls his like sunglasses down to reveal like his glass eye, which throughout the film changes like color and he has different designs and things, doesn't Mm. he? And I just remember that so well being a kid. The other thing is his long gun. Yeah. Um, I just remember that again. I hadn't seen a gun as big as that when I was a kid, you know, and um, yeah, it just really stuck in my head. He's very Bond villain, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, he's, he's absolutely brilliant. And it's probably the first thing I saw Charles dance in. In fact, um, 
when I watched it as a kid, I didn't know who Charles Dance was. I just knew this guy with a beard, you know. And then it's only years later, as I've seen other things with Charles Dance, it, it's took me a while to go, actually, that was the guy from Last Action Hero. Do you know what I mean? It, I didn't straight away link them to. I don't know. It just, it, it took me a while to realise it was him. It was kind of the opposite with me because this film uh, kind of burned Charles Dance's name into my my memory because so I looked up who he was. Gotcha. I wanted to know who he was. because You were a fan him, of him yeah, from this. I found yeah. him fascinating. So I always followed on and saw him in other things and, and would seek out stuff with him in it because he's just so like he's so magnetic in it and and uh he's hammy and the fact did you read the fact that um the people who turned this down included timothy dalton and alan rickman alan rickman yeah i did because I, I read that charles dance actually wore a t-shirt around set saying like <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm cheaper than alan rickman or something and i gotta say I, as much as i love charles dance in this i'd have also loved to have seen the alan rickman yeah. one um the timothy dalton one i probably could have taken or left it but the the alan rickman one i think would have been not be, better but you know good as well it'd be really, interesting really to see yeah. but yeah it would be quite easy to think oh Charles Dance is just going to be a poor man's Alan Rickman but he really makes it his own he's he's great in this oh he's brilliant and like I say he he completely uh, the 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 Italian the main Italian gangster sort of boss who's you know the main baddie almost he, he completely treads over that do you know what I mean it's all about Charles Dance and know? he hates his boss as well he does yeah he's he, a Sicilian schmuck yeah he does he absolutely hates his boss and like he's, he's literally just there for the money isn't he like he he's just you know, he's not interested in what this guy wants at all. Yeah. And they're kind of, there's, he's, he's kind of like an enforcer, isn't he? Like a henchman, but he's actually the real, the real bad guy, the main yeah, antagonist. He, the real sort of evil one, you know, he's the one who gets the screen time. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and we just sort of want to see more of him because he is awesome. So we're introduced, introduced to him, aren't we? This sort of villa. And then we go, we find Jack, a couple of police officers knocking on Jack's second cousin's door. Yeah, this was funny. Like, I I loved it how he had his shopping bag, didn't he? And like, it's like he was buying his second, he was like he was doing the shopping for his second cousin. And it's just random, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? That he's like so close to his second cousin. Like, yeah, so I, I like the fact they, they kind of reference it later and say it's because all of his close family were killed in all the previous films. <laughs> so, so good. That's the amazing. closest fa family member he's got is his second cousin. Yeah. Uh, he's really close to. I like the fact that Jack Jack arrives and says, "Hey, hey, guys, what are you doing? This, you know, is wrong information. This is I know this guy. This is my second cousin. Yeah, and he goes in, finds his co uh, second cousin strapped up." tied up to a chair and, and beaten and and then those stupid countdown cards which don't make any sense do you remember that <laughs> that's the so this is where he's tied up and he sort of holds him those yeah he's yeah. holding cards and he's going through them and that's the countdown somehow the bomb is intelligent enough to go off to when know when yeah. i know it's a bit strange isn't it because you're thinking like the bomb's gonna go off at a certain point like yeah. how do they know when he's gonna grab it? i know mental. and then we get a great explosion yeah where big one couple of cops are jumping out arnie jumps out the kids already guessed while watching this movie that those two cops will die. Yeah. Arnie will be injured. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing, because he's a massive action film yeah, fan, he and knows. he knows how it's going to play out, yeah. definitely. So this is kind of feeding, you know, teeing us up for later on. He's yeah. going to know how everything works, because this guy knows his action films. Uh, but there's a really nice moment where one of those cops lands in a tree, and he's dying, and he and he says, I was two days, two days till retirement, and then we oh, get a little lethal weapon riff. Yeah, like yeah. a Danny Glover, like, yeah. 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 I love that. This film is absolutely stacked full of these moments, isn't there? You know, there's, I would say, every two minutes or so, there's something from a, a, a Die Hard, a Lethal Weapon, yeah. a Terminator, or, you know, any of these action films, isn't there? And actually, they've got hold of the actual Lethal Weapon music and used it here. And, and later on, there's there's references and, and pictures of other films as well. I, I really, really love that. That brings me on to um, just talking about the music a little bit like last week or, or when we did Stardust. There was a point in, in, in Stardust, or a couple of points, where I said, hang on, this is so Lord of the Rings, it's unbelievable. I actually noticed another bit in this movie where there was a piece of music and I thought that is ripped straight out of Die Hard 
I actually recorded it. I'll play it for you. So basically, it was that little, that like, do 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 do. I think know, that like, is actually from Die Hard. It, I reckon it must be. I mean, yeah. the fact that he directed, you know, Die Hard before this. But do you know what I mean? Little, little musical cues like that, you know, as well as the sort of dialogue on that, it's all harking back to the big action movies. And then is it this point where we see Arnie? jump into his car yeah so this is the point where um the kid sitting in the cinema the dynamite comes out of the cinema and he's going what the hell he's like oh my god you know something's come out of the the, the movie and this is where he gets sucked in and he actually arrives doesn't he in the back seat of arnie's car by and... some acme dynamite no <laughs> yeah i love um, that <laughs> um and like I, I just love like the, this bit so arnold schwarzenegger's in the middle of this massive car chase you know there's like cars chasing him and one of the cars chasing him is one of those classic car chase cars do you know it's where it's got like a the it's like a pickup truck but it's got a certain front and yeah. it's in loads and loads of movies yeah. and that's chasing him and they're shooting him machine guns and yeah he looks around and the kids in the back it's amazing uh, who the hell are you yeah <laughs> he can't believe it can he yeah. and this is where this is what um one, one of, of the favorite moments right now go for it i was going to say this is where it starts like the, the sort of long-running joke all through the movie the kid keeps saying to him you're in a film you're in a film this is a movie and i just love it how arnold schwarzenegger's like completely like turned off from that going like no it's not this is real life this is real life and this is all where it starts doesn't it when he comes into the film yeah i there's a bit here where the, this car is chasing him or this this truck is chasing him there's a load of henchmen on the back shooting at him arnie turns around and gets a shot off hits a guy who goes flying off this car like goes <laughs> so far up in the air like it's ridiculous so it's already ridiculous because he's like 10 feet in the air yeah he la lands in an ice cream van which explodes for some reason and then one of the other henchmen who's still on the truck gets an ice cream <laughs> cone in the back of his head <laughs> like, so good impales his head and kills him <laughs> It's fucking horrendous, but hilarious. Yeah. It's and then he goes, I iced that guy. <laughs> yeah. To coin a phrase. <laughs> what a line. Two lines. <laughs> yeah. So good. He, he could have just said, I iced that guy, but yeah. he finishes it off to coin a phrase. It's yeah. just fantastic. Um, and he's using a mini disc track player, which no one has used for 25 years. No, that harks back. Absolutely. And they then kind of have a bit of conversation a back and forth between the two main main uh, protagonists and they take the car into the LA storm drains which is very Terminator 2. Yeah, absolutely. So that harks back, doesn't it, to when you've got John Connor riding that sort of scrambler bike all the way through that. And the these appear in lots of movies. And I always think it just looks so cool, yeah. those LA storm drains. They just look amazing. Have, don't have they? you been to LA before? Uh, no, I haven't. No. I get such a thrill when I see them. Oh, I LA bet. storm drains. Amazing. Yeah, just a really, really cool place to set a movie, whether it be Greece or whether it be Terminator yeah. 2 or whatever. It's awesome. I just want to uh, ride a, a motorbike like a scrambler down there. And, yeah, mate. And, yeah. And get chased by a big truck. Yeah, pump out. <laughs> Action shotgun. Oh yeah, spinning it around, yeah. bang! That'd yeah. be cool. That's what I want. Yeah, that's awesome. And there's actually like, some of the stuff in this. Obviously, is so unrealistic. You know, like we've said about getting kicked in the nuts and flying up in the air, or a cone in the back of the head. And we've got another bit here where the car just Arnold Schwarzenegger's car just seems to be able to get up this massive slope, doesn't it? And it just <laughs> literally comes flying off the slope straight over a Coca-Cola truck. Bit of product placement and a Coke depot, just yeah. Coke everywhere. Yeah, it's just mental. Like obviously, it's like the producers have said, "Oh, Coke, we want to get you in as much as possible yeah. in this." 
know, and like, let's pay do half, that. Pay, pay for half the movie. Pay for half the it. movie. I know it's later on, there's, there's a Burger King sign right under the Arnold Schwarzenegger poster and stuff. And, you know, I think at the time, back in the 90s, I think the whole product placement and having a movie that can go with like Happy Meals and do you know what I mean? I think that was really big then. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I think that's what we're seeing in this movie. And that car, <laughs> there's a car that explodes midair and then crashes into a room <laughs> full of naked screaming women or half naked screaming women. why <laughs> i know well again like every single trope that's ever been around it, they put into this movie you know it's just like i say it's just dripping with it isn't it and from that point obviously there's a bit of, again back and forth between arnie and and this young danny kid and they go back they go back to and this is something that i always think of uh, with this film is is the police station the, what, the nicest looking police station like in history it's incredible it's like a shopping it? mall yeah um and it, there's no reason for that, is there? That, I, Other than I, the fact that it's a heightened, like it's not what it's not the grimy New York that this kid's from. It's yeah. a movie version. Everything's clean and and like yeah, really nice, clean cut. But it is. It's, 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 it's like a glass building. The sun's shining in. Like it's got loads of like desks. It's like open plan. It's Sharon some, Stone's walking out as you come in yeah. with with Robert Patrick. Yeah, the T one thousand or whatever. <laughs> he walked past, didn't he? Which was I actually didn't notice Sharon Stone because she's not someone sort of on my radar. But him, I noticed straight away. I thought, oh, that you know Robert Patrick. So you know the cameos are racking up thick and fast here, isn't it? And this is where we first see the Danny DeVito Pat character, isn't it? <laughs> uh, which again, it, it's just so mental. Like uh, I sort of flip between thinking do they really need that in there? And I think actually yeah. this film is just full of just stupid things. And so why not have another, you know, stupid part, a cartoon cat? I don't know. It's and, uh, another thing I just loved. I was like, wow, I've never seen this. Like the referencing things that he just walked past the T-1000 and yeah, there's hip hop playing in the, in the police station all day long, which is just a cool environment. What, what a place to work. Yeah. And then we meet the, the comic relief as he calls him later on. Then we, the, the police sergeant. Yeah. Who's quite funny, really. He just, basically when he shouts, you just can't understand a word he says. He's yeah. Just that going cliche where the glass shatters when he's screaming and stuff like that yeah, yeah. we also see that arnie uh, apparently his wife's calling him and he uses tapes to talk to her yes yes dear yes yeah. dear. which but- is actually something from a later movie it's from true lies because he does that with jamie lee curtis doesn't he, he does the whole recording voice notes and then he you know well you could say an earlier movie home alone 2 oh yeah absolutely like one i'd love to be in so credit card you got you it got it <laughs> So again, another massive trope they've put into this. Did you notice one of those tapes was labelled "My twin brother did it" or "Twin brother did it"? Because no. they're all excuses about uh, reasons why. You yeah, can't, yeah. And one of them was "My twin brother did it," not that me or whatever. So I thought that was good. One thing with this film is, um, I, I know for a fact there's there's so much stuff going on in the background that there's I couldn't almost keep up with not the story but the the amount of stuff on screen that was happening. And I, I remember one of the notes I've got sort of at the end of the movie is that I know that there's things I've missed, little things, whether, like you say, it's a label on that or it's a poster or it's someone in the background or it's a cameo from them. There is a there's a hell of a lot happening, um, which is brilliant. Well, this is where it gets really rich in those type of things is when they turn up to a blockbuster, RIP, and they ask for Arnold Schwarzenegger films because the guy, the kid wants to prove to Arnie's character, Jack Slater, that yeah. he's a movie character. So he yeah. says, oh, can we see the Arnold Schwarzenegger films? Yeah. And the, the great response from uh, the lady working at Blockbuster, she says, foreign films are out the back. <laughs> yeah, that is good. That and, is awesome. And so he, he says, oh, whatever, and then starts looking around. And you then find out that 
Terminator 2 does exist, so it pans up and then, oh, Sylvester Stallone starring in, in, in Terminator 2. Again, yeah. my little kid mind exploded at that point, going, wow, those two hate each Because we thought there was this massive rivalry between them, they hate each other, not realising they're actually in business together at the time. Yeah, the whole Planet Hollywood thing, which yeah. gets mentioned later on as well. Like, yeah. it's, it's, there's, there's so much going on with the, with the, they literally ran with this idea massively, didn't they? Yeah. They said, like, we let's think of 100 or 200 things that are tropes of the, the action hero world and character and let's put them into this film yeah. and they put everyone in something in this scene apparently and i didn't spot it but apparently it's there is there is an arnold schwarzenegger film on one of the shelves oh I on display yeah i think it's raw deal uh, which is one of his older like quite violent action films and i think that is that is visible with arnie's face on it wow so yeah i don't know what that's suggesting but... if only the kid could have seen it you yeah. know like the whole film would have been different um going back to that Sylvester Sloan poster I think that would be such a cool cutout or poster to have like around your house or whatever because it would just get so many people talking they'd go hang on a minute that's you know and real big movie buffs would go that is really cool yeah, because great, they would you great know reference I mean? yeah. I'd like it on a t-shirt oh it'd be awesome but the thing I like about it is that people that aren't movie buffs would go that's wrong that he yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger was in that and like you would just have a smile thinking don't worry about it like, you don't get it mate yeah, it, there's so <laughs> many levels that works on it it'd be just really cool I think as a t-shirt or a poster yeah it'd be awesome did you spot another reference in this scene to something you kind of brought up uh, previously so this is in the video shop yeah still no so we've got Arnie chatting to the woman and then he's he, the other, the he makes kids. a phone call he makes a phone call to a five 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 number. Oh yes, and um, the kid basically says, doesn't he, to the to the woman? I bet everyone in LA has a five 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 number. Yes, and we talked about that didn't we weeks yeah. ago about how the five 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 number um, is used in all movies. So yes, that's that how cool. much of a trope it is that it's yeah. actually referenced in here as a trope. So, yeah, yeah, amazing. <laughs> The kid manages to lead Arnie to a house where his second cousin was actually tortured because he saw it in the film. Yeah. So he kind of described it, said it's seafront property, big mansion. Yeah. Uh, and he, he's actually very useful to Jack Slater in this film, isn't yeah. he? Because he, he, he's seen he's seen what's happening from the baddies point of view you know so yeah he's actually very useful you know being able to do that for Jack Slater the kid leads him to a house where a second cousin was tortured yeah and like you said yeah he's he suddenly becomes useful to Arnie yeah um, and I think this is where Arnie doesn't still doesn't believe he's in a film but this is where the truth starts to come in that this kid knows more than he should do so what's going on um, and that kind of explains why he keeps the kid on with him along the ride because it's like He's become useful. He's become useful. And this is also the moment, isn't it, where the, the Charles Dance character starts suspecting something's up. Like, how does the kid know so much about what was, you know, said or, or the location of, you know, this happening at this Italian villa? And so, yeah, this is where the Charles Dance character sort of gets very interested in, like, this Danny kid, you know, and, like, how does he know so much? I really enjoyed this. Just as they were coming in the gates of this house, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger says, I'm the famous comedian, Arnold Braunschweiger. <laughs> yeah. And the kid goes, Schwarzenegger. And Arnold goes, Gesundheit. Because <laughs> something similar happens that later when um, Arnold Schwarzenegger's talking, well, Jack Slater's talking to uh, the mum, isn't there? There's yeah. like, what's his name? Do you know what I mean? And he makes up some funny name again, yeah. Arnold Braunschweiger. Yeah, like, amazing. It's so good. And then uh, they knock on the door to see what's going on. And Odd job opens the door. Basically. Oh yeah, he's amazing, isn't he? He's <laughs> butler. <laughs> and then uh, there's a. Gr they said, "Oh, you can't see him or whatever." And then um, Arnold Schwarzenegger walk. Arnold Schwarzenegger again walks off and says, "I'll be back." Ha! You didn't know <laughs> I was going to say that, did you? <laughs> so good. <laughs> so did. You always say that. That's it. Now nah, that's really really cool. Like I say, so many good lines in this movie. It's unbelievable. This is where this is where the two 
protagonists meet the main antagonist, the great Charles Dance. And that that exchange between Arnie, the kid, mm. and Charles Dance's what, the character at the door is yeah. so good. Like that that is that that's my proper introduction to this character of Charles this Charles Dance yeah. character. He plays it so well, doesn't he? He's like he's he's just on the edge of like creepy and cool and um actually really scary. Yeah. yeah. And intimidating. Yeah. He's not like Charles Dance, look at him in real life, he's not a particularly intimidating guy, but the way he speaks, his condescension yeah. in, in certain areas, and he's, yeah, he, he plays intimidating very well. He does. I mean, the, my biggest reference point from him, or with him, is him in Game of Thrones, you know? And yeah. in that, like, he was, like, really commanding and, and, again, quite scary, you know? He can really, like, project his voice and and whether he's shouting or whether he's being quiet, he looks quite scary and serious, you know, and comes yeah. across as a serious bloke. He's great. I love him. Yeah, he is awesome in this. He is awesome. And like I say, it's it's not often you see a movie with a guy with a glass eye. And the fact that glass eye keeps changing, you've got like a smiley face and it's red in one point and there's a target in one bit. It's just really cool how it keeps like changing. Got to say, there's, uh, there's a point here, there's a lot of references to Wizard of Oz throughout here. Obviously, the jumping, you're not in Kansas anymore, you're actually in a movie. Yeah. Some references Toto, they say hello Toto later on. So yeah, there's little bits like that and it's obvious to see why, you know, jumping between worlds. Yeah, that's it. It's like a modern version of it, isn't it? Another moment, we'll go back to Jack Slater's, I think it's, is it his wife's apartment or house? Yeah. Yeah. And, or is it his house? I think it's, it's his house because his daughter's there, but they're, they're, he does have to pop to his wife's house. And then the boy says, you don't need to pop to your wife's house. She's not in this movie. Yeah. He says, what do you mean? It's not a she's movie. Not, she's says, not in the credits. Yeah. And he says, no, no, no. But she's not in the credits. Yeah. So basically, don't worry about going there. It's fine. But there's he's got a load of counterfeit money that he took from a, the job. Yeah. And he's using it for alimony. I love that. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's cool. And this is where we first see um, Jack Slater's daughter, isn't it? Cause, mm. And I remember watching thinking, why the hell is she just kissed Danny? First thing. So basically, he, they knock on the door and the door opens and and then the first thing she does is give him a big kiss. And so I was thinking, that's strange. But then a couple of seconds later, they explained, don't they? She's I never picked this. up on that before either. I just thought she was a horn dog. Just, yeah, like just some really, you know, yeah. randy girl. But she really fancied this little boy <laughs> for some reason. And I thought, this guy is getting targeted by, you know, <laughs> teenage girls, old men. What yeah. is it about him? He's just such a target. Robbers. He, he got yeah. robbed, you know, at knife point. So yeah. he's had a bad time, he's, this kid. He's a magnet know? for crime. He is. He's <laughs> just one of them. You know, you get these sort of people where everything happens to him. Yeah. He's one one of them. <laughs> Do you know what I really liked about the, Arnie's daughter's character is the the fact that you hear her screaming and you assume she's getting beaten up, but she's screaming in order to let, not let the guys know she's beating him up. Yeah, um, I mean she just screams the entire fight, doesn't yeah, she? Yeah, she's, she's just screaming, and you wonder. I'd never, I never picked up on that as a kid, but she's doing it so they think he, she's getting the kick, uh, shit kicked out of yeah. her. Yeah, but actually she's doing the shit kicking. Oh, absolutely. She's she's rock hard, isn't she? And she sort of batters him because this is the point basically where Danny's the boy. He's living with this blonde girl for a bit is he so he's sort of staying the night almost you know and uh, you've got Jack Slater sort of popped out for a while and this is where Charles Dance and all the go- the cronies rock up in there yeah. and they sort of uh, and this is where he actually gets um, the golden ticket doesn't he Charles Dance he, yeah. he without knowing he takes it off the boy doesn't he from his wallet and uh, yeah and that's where the, the sort of fight kicks off a funny fight as well the, the bit when he uses an electric cable to stimulate the dead that's man's arm amazing <laughs> that is so good so that guy's shooting his own men isn't he because yeah. he's being electrocuted yeah that bit is quality so- so stupid, but whoever came up with that idea must have been, yes, this is, this is the perfect film for it. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, and this is the bit, isn't there? There's another point where Danny says to him, um, once it's all kicked off and it's all sort of calmed down, sorry, Danny says to Arnold Schwarzenegger, he says, look, 
I'm going to prove to you this is a movie. And he writes something on a bit of paper. And we're led to, I don't know what it says. Probably the F word. Who knows? And he says, read this bit of paper. And he's like, I'm not going to do it, doesn't he? Yeah. And okay, again, it's just another funny way of trying <laughs> to prove it's a, it's a movie. And he's like, you won't read it because it's a PG-13. <laughs> yeah. I love how more, like how pissed off the kid gets at the fact that they won't believe him yeah it's funny it's like one of those classic like paranoid thrillers where you know no one believes you that you know someone's been taken like my son's been taken nobody believes me but this in this version it's a kid not being believed that everybody's in a movie yeah it's so funny and um we get then obviously this all kicks off we get the eyeball being thrown as a kind of grenade thing that blows up later on uh they jump in a car and at one point Somebody says punch it, and I was wondering if that was a Star Wars reference. Oh, maybe. Sort of like, you know, Han Solo, bang, and off they go. So it's not, I wouldn't say that's, is that a particularly popular saying? Um, I, I wouldn't say. I mean, um, nah. I mean, when that, the, when that line gets delivered, or when I hear it, it, you know, it does flick a little thing in my brain. But no, I wouldn't say it's a big Star Wars. Yeah, whenever I've heard it, it's either a reference to Star Wars or, or Star Wars. So mm. and then we also get an E.T. reference. Oh, with the old um, bike on the thing. Yeah, yeah, that was um, a big old slap in the face ET reference, wasn't it? And we get like, play chicken, don't they? Yeah, that's it. Like, that's like Jack's latest move, isn't it? He always sort of plays chicken, you know? And he, yeah. again, he does it later on in the film, doesn't he? But yeah, he loves that. <laughs> We're basically, they're on their way to the, the Italian like funeral because they know of the plot now, don't they? So the plot <laughs> is like so unbelievable you know so there's a dead body and in the dead body it is he's filled with like poison gas the the, the dead body the dead person is leo the fart by the way <laughs> so good <laughs> and the plan is like there's going to be a big like italian gangster funeral and um this uh fart bomb is going to go off and kill one of the italian gang you know all their members are going to de- die and it will just leave the, the you know the path clear for the other italian gangster to sort of take over the city do you see how they armed the bomb as well? No, remind me. Pulled his finger. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> no, I didn't pick up on that. That is so good. <laughs> oh, that is so, classic, this movie. Yeah. And then Danny DeVito's character, Whiskers the Cat, saves Danny. Yep, so there's a little bit. So basically, this is where one of uh, Jack Slater's allies actually turns on him, isn't there? They're sort of in that corridor chatting. He basically turns a gun, gets Danny to, you know, handcuff himself to the, the the pipes and things. But yeah, the cat saves him, which is good. And Danny says, don't explain so much. You you like villains always explain too much and get caught. Yeah. Again, again, classic another classic. Bond villain or yep. action film villain. He, um, that guy was actually a, a guy from Scarface. I noticed he was, I, right, I, yeah. I, was and he's, I was trying to picture, you know, when you got who's that guy who's that guy and you're sort of thinking about it and um, I had to look it up in the end but yeah he's he's one of the, the gangsters who picks Tony Montana up sort of at the start and yeah Tony Montana sort of boots off at and yeah I recognised him and then we go back to the, the funeral Danny's operating a crane yeah because like what I love is he just says doesn't he, he just says um, you know basically get this get the crane I don't know what it's called the bit on the end but get that up there, basically. The wrecking ball. Yeah, get was the wrecking it, was ball. Was it a hook or a wrecking ball? It was ball? something. It was because basically, it's yeah, because his plan is to like throw the the guy off. Yeah, into it, the it? hook grabs on to to Leo the fart. But I love that bit where so you've got Jack Slater running up to that funeral, grabs the body, and then he looks around and all those gangsters are there with all those guns, sort of whipping them out. And then, and then he's on the edge of the building and he puts his hand up like that, doesn't he? And the body just falls off, and everyone's yeah. like, oh, like, <laughs> yeah. just that bit is really funny. 
Yeah, very good. The crane bowls over the entire mob, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, so good. They're all falling over on the top of this building. That's amazing. And somehow Slater runs from thousands of bullets. <laughs> like Literally, everyone's yeah. firing at him and nobody hits him. It's incredible. And then we get a big old diehard um, moment as well in this bit because Jack Slater sort of falls off the building, doesn't he? And then there's that shot where he's like falling down and his yeah. arms are flailing everywhere. And it just looks a lot like Hans Gruber from Die Hard. Um, it's exactly the same. Falls. Slow motion, same yeah. angle. Yeah. Um, I, I wonder whether they... I don't think they would have done the same thing to Hans that they did to Alan Rickman whereas they, they were doing a countdown but let it go too early did you hear about this? No so when they were filming that shot in Die Hard yeah. they had Alan Rickman hanging off it was obviously green screen behind him it mm. wasn't actual it wasn't hanging off a building and also the camera's looking down at him down at the floor yeah. uh, bird's eye view type thing and they said right on the you know on we're going to count down from five and then we'll let you go so act from zero and they basically went five four and let him go. So it was that real shock on his face. Oh, that's brilliant! Yeah. So you see him it, when you watch the film. That's actual shock because he's like preparing himself, yeah. and then boom, he's, he's let go. That is, I love that. And they filmed it in one take. And yeah. I wonder if they. I don't think they would have doing that, doing that to Arnie because he no. would just snapped somebody in half. And also, he, he's so like involved with this film, isn't he? I, I, I get the impression that he was like he one of the main. It. Yeah. So he, he's you know he's got his handprint, his footprints, sorry, all over it. Yeah. And like you know, yeah, he would have probably been like aware of all the little tricks, and yeah, he probably wouldn't have let that happen. Yeah. I agree, yeah. <laughs> No, the, the helicopter shoots through the lift, all these mob guys and the building. So it smashes all through everything, but somehow every bullet misses Slater again. So he's avoiding every single bullet on the roof yeah. in the lift. This rapid 50 caliber helicopter fire all misses him. Yeah. So he's he's fucking he's bulletproof basically. And when he falls, what does he fall into? A massive tar pit. Yes. You know? And like I say, it's the perfect place for the 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 bomb, which is the guy who, Leo you know, the fart. Yeah, Leo the fart, because like I say, that's the only thing almost that would stop a bomb going off. Well, it goes off, doesn't it? But yeah. in the and in the tar pit, big old bubble <laughs> yeah. pop. And this is where the girl doesn't she rocks up in the uh, the monster truck, yeah. and then the kid's like, "Look, how convenient is that? Like, you know, change your clothes, and you know, your daughter's just turned up at the right time." And they're like, "Yeah, it's normal." Yeah. Like, I love that running joke. Do you know what I mean? I love that. Like, they're they're almost saying Jack Slater and his daughter. They're like, this is what life's like, you know. <laughs> but that's because they're movie like in a movie. Yeah, how convenient. I like the bit when, as you say, when the fart that goes off or the bomb goes off, and you get this big bubble. Doesn't quite break the surface somehow of the tar. The tar just turns into this massive. <laughs> globule the size of the <laughs> yeah, earth it looks so cool and somehow doesn't pop yeah um and then just goes down so they save the day and then arnie goes silent but deadly <laughs> <laughs> that is an amazing line isn't it the whole also another trope of how easily he wipes himself down he wipes oh, yeah. his face he's yeah and he's like always clean because that is thick sticky stuff yeah. in there do you know what i mean you're not gonna get that when, off when he turns up with the clothes that are exactly the same exactly the same and we see in his wardrobe at one point as well all just red tops and uh, blue jeans. After he shot into it, knowing that there's somebody in there. There's always somebody in there. <laughs> so good. <laughs> and then Charles Dance breaks the fourth wall, doesn't he? He speaks to us and implies he's godlike. Yeah. Did you see that bit? So this is the is this the bit um sort of back at the villa? Yeah, um, he, when shoots he, the, he, he shoots, shoots the Italian. Mob boss. Yeah. yeah. Um so And then he looks at the camera, doesn't he? Yeah, and the guy goes, Oh, you've done a three sixty. Mm. And he says, No, I'm not three sixty. It means you'll be facing the it's same way, you idiot. You've done a one eighty, you spaghetti slurping cretin. <laughs> what a great lie. <laughs> yeah. He's got, got great insults in this. Yeah. And then, yeah, he shoots him and then he talks to us. And I was like, Wow, so this guy's he either yeah, he he knows. He knows that he's he's in a movie. Because sort of maybe about half an hour before or whatever, there's a point where he sort of gets back to his own house, isn't there, Charles yeah. Dance, and he's getting unchanged and he sort of 
he realizes his ticket. He puts his hand on the wall, and yeah. it's all sort of like he's like, "Whoa!" Um, and you hear the Twilight Zone music. Oh, I didn't pick up on that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. that's cool. So again, I, I think, I mean, quite a clever chap, really. You know, like he's 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 put two and two together, and he's understood that he's in a movie. And what he intends to do is use that ticket to hop between universes, being dastardly. Yeah. That's it. And like I say, he this is the point, isn't it, where the the Jack Slater and the boy, they they rock up in a monster truck and smash through the building, you know, <laughs> yeah. and they're just about to sort of, you know, kill the Charles Dance character and sort of save the day. And you might be forgiven for thinking, ah, oh, this is the end of the movie, you know, they're gonna they're gonna do what they set out to do. And then it turns out that he's disappeared. Yeah. And But before that, Slater punches him and says, That's for my second cousin. <laughs> and then <laughs> I love this bit. He punches him full on in the face and says, that's for killing my second cousin. And then he grabs his hand and slaps his wrist and saying, that's for blowing up my ex-wife's house. <laughs> and then chucks him at a wall for his daughter's black eye. <laughs> so <laughs> just, good. So a little good. slap on the face. <laughs> a little slap on the wrist. Yeah. A little, and then he says, doesn't he? He goes, that's weird. Usually they the wall breaks at this point. You know what I mean? He's yeah. gone, isn't he? Yeah. So good. So yeah, he he goes into the into the uh, real world yeah. with with Oddjob as well. Yeah. Um. Funny thing about him, I don't know if they've explained where Oddjob went. Um. He just sort of disappears in the yeah. movie, or I couldn't sort of see where he'd gone. They 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 run out of the cinema and then they get into a taxi and then Oddjob's driving. And... Yeah. Did he not appear after this? Nah. And and then there's a point where he just he just doesn't appear because after they get away in a taxi, then it's the scene where. Charles Dance shoots someone to uh, he shoots basically a member of the public doesn't he to sort yeah. of see if anyone will come running hello I have just shot it on purpose that, that's amazing <laughs> that bit but yeah old job's just gone so I don't know what happened to him and just before we get any further there's a line uh, where somebody I think Arnie says you can't go through life nitpicking everything and I was like oh, I had an existential crisis because that's basically what we do every week on our podcast <laughs> yeah oh no oh fuck oh no <laughs> what would he think of this yeah <laughs> uh, yeah, but also I think that was kind of uh, oh, don't take this film too seriously, don't nitpick everything. Yeah, but this is so basically this is the point, isn't it? Where where Jack Slater and Danny they go back into the real world as well, and this is where Jack Slater starts to sort of realise that one he's in the movie, but then you know he's actually being played by a character. Yeah, um, and this is where he, like for sort of ten fifteen minutes he becomes like quite like sad, doesn't he? And like. You know, you sort of feel feel for him a bit. Do you know what I mean? Because for most of the movie, he's so oblivious to what's going on. He's just an action film star, mm. and he's you know he's in great spirits, and he's just a really cool guy. And then for a bit, he's like a bit. I really like that idea, and I like like I've heard criticism of that was when the film kind of takes the, the turn for the worse. I I really enjoy the fact that imagine a character realizing he's a character. Yeah, the rules are different in this world. He can't be the person he is in in the in the in the movie world. Yeah, bullets don't blow up cars because like, he's trying to shoot that taxi, isn't he? Yeah. Like, he basically said, I'll blow it up or something. Yeah. And he's like, what? Like, yeah, the taxi's not yeah. blowing, yeah. He hurts his hand, breaking a window. <laughs> yeah. He's like, this doesn't hurt usually, yeah. yeah. So and good. chicken doesn't work in real life. Yeah. But that's <laughs> because Danny, Danny says to him, see, it's, you're an idiot. Like, you played chicken. And then actually, yeah. the Jack Slater says, actually, you know, the reason I did this is that this car's got this sort of airbag and that car's got this sort of airbag and whatever. Was your job not driving the car? Maybe he was. Is that where he killed because, him? Because that was a brutal head-on collision, wasn't it? Because he says, Danny says to Jack Slater when they've done the chicken, he says, right, the first thing you've got to do is make sure they're dead. And then they go there and there's no bodies. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe Oddjob, we're led to believe that Oddjob yeah, died in that. Lives. And maybe Charles Dance got away with the ticket yeah. when he did, you know. So. Or maybe this real world in this film is actually the James Bond universe and Oddjob becomes, <laughs> somehow travels back to the 60s. <laughs> Amazing. That and makes sense. Yeah, that would be it. Know, yeah. yeah. And then like... Not talk to know. Uh, Goldfinger. Goldfinger. Yeah. And Goldfinger took him in as his... Uh, 
Butler. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Makes sense. <laughs> Amazing. So, yeah, like you said, Arnie finds out he's imaginary. Did you yep. see what the apartment number was? The kid's apartment number? I didn't know. What was the number? 3D. Oh, amazing 3d so which makes perfect perfect yeah. sense they've come out of a 2d world in the in yeah the, in the movie and come out into the 3d world cool. it's 3D quite awesome. funny isn't it how, um so the mum at first like really kicks off at danny where have you been all this blah 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 but then she gets talking to like jacks later doesn't she and yeah. like they start they start like getting on really well and you can tell she sort of fancies him yeah. and like she's like oh you're quite cool and you're much more intelligent than you know it looks um, like jack slater might become his stepdad basically. <laughs> yeah but like there's that bit is actually really funny the way Arnold schwarzenegger plays it is actually like hilarious like yeah. he's acting like his dad and then it's the, you know he's like yeah you're not going to be going out all night again and stuff like this and then when he says about I've never talked to women before like it's actually really good like yeah. it's just I thought that was really funny so yeah he's like come from this world in an action movie where you know just women are disposable and you know especially those 80s 90s films yeah and then he's come out and actually women are interesting yeah that's it so you know ahead of its time yeah <laughs> and then Charles Dance like you said realises the real world is easier so just like Jack realises it's harder to be an action star mm. in the real world Charles Dance's character Benedict realises it's actually easier to get away with murder in yeah. the real world yeah. uh, the police he times police responses to things I've just shot somebody yeah. I did it on purpose yeah. and someone just shouts out the window hey <laughs> shut up down there classic New York like, which reminded so me of good. coming to America yeah yeah, absolutely Yeah, good call back to come to America yeah yeah. and then Benedict uses ticket to collect the Ripper from previous like Slater movies yeah. and I think this is where they missed a massive opportunity because you keep seeing posters for Dracula Bram Stoker's Dracula and stuff like that and it never materialised yeah, yeah. because he's, he's colouring it in isn't he yeah. when he's, he's talking yeah I thought what he was going to do and I still couldn't remember what actually I remembered uh, the Ripper turns up later on as well but I thought what he should have done or what they, sh they should have done when creating this film is this Benedict character go and get the best movie villains yeah and pit them against Arnie's yeah. character could you imagine having saying like Michael Myers Jason from Friday the 13th yeah. uh, you could have had I don't know a Bond baddie mm. you could have, yeah that would have been awesome I and agree then, uh, to take it to another level imagine how awesome it would be this kid and Jack Slater realise oh shit this you know we're, we're fucked managed to get the other half of the golden ticket and get a load of amazing John McClane yeah, like, yeah, Rambo so cool uh, yeah or just get loads of um, Arnold Schwarzenegger characters from different films yeah like, that would have been awesome yeah, they could have got the Terminator, yeah. you know, the good Terminator. Yeah. They could have got, yeah, they could have got, you know, the character plays in Commando. That would have been yeah. a so cool, mate. Uh, kindergarten Cop. Yeah. Detective John Kimball. <laughs> yeah. That been, yeah, that would have been so good. <laughs> Actually, I mean, he's quite badass, even John Kimball. At the start, we have that scene where he's chasing a sort of yeah, like yeah. baddie and that. So, well, that's, the, yeah. well, that's why it's funny. He's basically playing an action star who becomes a teacher. Yeah. Um, but I think that would, like, look, I'm not a screenwriter. <laughs> I'd love to be, but I think that, would, imagine that as a as an epic finish. Be It'd cool. be hard to achieve back then, but that, if that film was made today, I should imagine they do something like that. Yeah. load of legendary, like, killers. You get your kind of Jasons and, and your Mike Myers and stuff like yeah. that against a load of Arnold characters yeah it'd, it'd be great you could have a, a modern twist you could have like neo in it yeah uh, you know it's just that'd be really cool i would love to see that there's a fucking great line now where arnie, <laughs> arnie says you've seen those movies where they say make my day or i'm your worst nightmare well listen to this one rubber baby buggy bumpers <laughs> yeah that is amazing <laughs> I know like you expected something really good like you know yeah. and then he comes out with that but yeah brilliant <laughs> and then we just come to realize the fact that we're gonna 
get the Jack Slater character coming across the real life Arnold Schwarzenegger because we see. Yeah, the, we start seeing the premiere, don't we? Yeah, the yeah. movie premieres here. There's a giant inflatable Arnie, which again, I'd love to have one of them in my garden. <laughs> if, yeah, never mind having the, the Sylvester Stallone Terminator 2 uh, cardboard cutout. I yeah. want that. You want that big blow up? Yeah, 40 foot Arnie inflatable. <laughs> yeah. Because um, um, the Charles Dance character, this is where he, he, his plot basically, he realizes to be free, to be able to jump through all these movies and do whatever I want and to get rid of, rid of Jack Slater. And then his idea is to kill Arnold Schwarzenegger, which will kill Jack Slater. I mean, if you think about this too much, it's quite difficult to really understand how that's going to yeah, work. Is he going to disappear if Arnie dies or yeah. why you just kill Jack Slater? And... But I think with this movie, you know, it's one of those movies where um, just watch it and just enjoy it for yeah. what it is. Cause, uh, don't know, nitpick it. That's it. We don't want to nitpick it. So that's his plan anyway. He's going to kill Arnold Schwarzenegger and that will, Jack Slater will die because of yeah. that, I don't know. And I really love this kind of peek behind the curtain where we see the real Arnold Schwarzenegger with his wife. Yeah, which uh, is actually his wife, wasn't it? As well. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah, and they're kind of having little chats and yeah. she says don't plug the restaurants oh out. yeah and he can't or, help it or gyms it's so tacky <laughs> but he mentions planet hollywood yeah and then she says something about his hairline or something. Yeah. Goes, <laughs> i can't remember exactly what she says but that is good yeah that is cool and we get a shit ton of uh cameos from here you get belushi uh chevy chase mc hammer yeah one yeah. of the uh, wayans brothers jean-claude van damme yeah they just keep going, keep going. It's it's so good. That's it, because yeah, because uh, this is this is the part where they sort of basically meet, don't they? So um, you've got the Ripper coming into the cinema, and um, he's basically going to throw an axe at Arnold Schwarzenegger. Jack Slater stops him, and then Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jack Slater <laughs> like start chatting and stuff, you yeah. know. Um, and that whole like um, having two Arnold Schwarzeneggers for a film, you know, what twenty seven years old, looked pretty good. The Seamless. whole CGI. Yeah, I was looking out for the seams in that. Yeah, it was really well done. That was really good. And what I liked, I loved it when that Jack Slater character runs out from the cinema with the the right and obviously everyone thinks it's Arnold Schwarzenegger dressed up as stuff so everyone's going mad like yeah. oh my god yeah. you know it looks like the best bit of it looks like a really good PR stunt um, yeah. but obviously it's not you know we know that loads has gone on to and it's the same with the rippers coming in everyone thinks he's <laughs> yeah look we've got the ripper here like do you mean i say like that's really really cool i really like that premiere scene it's really awesome and this is all leading up to a replay of the opening scenes but in the real life in yeah. the real world on the rooftop in the you know in, now it's in new york rather than la and yeah it's all that kind of now it's not his son that's on the line or his fake son mm. that never really truly existed it's his kid that he's kind of adopted as his own over the last yeah. uh, day or so but he skips the chat and cuts uh, chucks the kid straight off the roof yeah he's done that he just <laughs> off he goes yeah. so he, he he's, you could almost say he's like you know learned his lesson yeah um but the mistake he makes is you know he doesn't hit jack slater with the axe luckily yeah. because then jack slater grabs it and, and, a, and a great way of like killing this baddie lobs it at the the electric box with what, the rain yeah what annoyed me a little bit about this is they in the this is the real world so the kid by by all you know, estimations would have died. He yeah. would not have conveniently landed and held on to some <laughs> eagle gargoyle. gargoyle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so like that for me, that felt like you know, we were still in the movie world, whereas it should have been a bit more like less fantastical. It should have been Jack saves him some simple way. Or yeah. Something. I mean, what they could have done is it could, the, the side of the building could have just been another building. Yeah. You know, so like, do you mean yeah. like, oh my God, he's dead. There's nothing there. Oh, you're right. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? like, yeah. It's just a flat roof. Yeah. 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 So that's the the sort of end of the Ripper. And that's where we've sort of always got the Jack Slater characters, like characters, it's sort of come full circle at this point now, yeah. isn't he? Like, you know, his son died in the movie, but you know, he, he saves Danny off the off this roof, you know, off this gargoyle or whatever. And, um, you know, this time it worked, it, you know. And Danny's hanging off that gargoyle for yeah. a while and uh, you get like that. I can't do it. Uh, believe in me moment. Yeah. yeah. 
do you trust me and all that kind of stuff. See, in other movies, people would say like, oh, that's so like cliche and like they're, you know, they're, they're just copying what other films do and it's just, you know, we've seen that a million times but it works in this film, film because of what they're doing. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's allowed, isn't it, in this film because they're trying to make the film like every other film. It reminded me of Cliffhanger, but I think they came out in the same year, so I don't think it was a reference. I'm not sure. You know, the bit in Cliffhanger where he's hanging on the rope saying, you know, grab my hand and he lets someone to die. To the girl, yeah. It's kind of the plot. It's kind of the, the, the start of the movie, and then it kind of comes up later on as well. Yeah. Again, that's like a very Alan Rickman fall looking back, isn't it? Yeah. Like your arms yeah. flailing. <laughs> yeah, good fall. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if they did that to her, you know? Right, five. Yeah. It's good trick. Bang. Yeah, actors must be expecting it now. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> So the Ripper's basically out of the scene now. You know, he he's well, he's dead basically. The Ripper's gone, and this is where we get sort of the final encounter in it with sort of Charles Dance <laughs> yeah. and um, and, and he Arnie. says, "Since you're going to die anyway, I might as well tell you the entire plot." Which <laughs> <laughs> so good. What we would have learned by now. Yeah, movie movie tropes don't work in the real life. And and this is where he says, isn't it, where um in this world the bad guy the bad guys can win. Yeah. He's shooting and he runs out of, of bullets. Is you hear a click? Yeah, and they laugh and, don't they. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, "Gee, did you make a movie mistake?" Because uh, do you remember, like, movie mistakes used to be something I looked up all the time. There used to be TV programs, TV programs, movie, yeah. movie mistakes. You don't really see them anymore, do no, you? No, it's a good show. But there used to be like a show, you yeah. know, where they used to say, yeah, "This Look guy wears this. jeans," or yeah. yeah, his tire tracks in the Gladiator film, and yeah, you don't really see them anymore. Is it because films have become less mistake ridden, or maybe um, or just people not give a shit about mistakes? Yeah, but I'd still love to watch that. They should just replay it because I think they're great. <laughs> I suppose it's all on YouTube now, isn't it? You get the yeah. movie mistake videos and stuff yeah. like that. But there used to be actual BBC TV programs on it. Yeah, there is that um, that IMDb section in there, like goofs. It'd yeah. Be interesting actually to go to you know a really really modern film. So you know, say Bill and Ted, you know, it's, it's current, it's very um, recent and just look at Goofs and see if there's hardly any just because yeah. it's so modern. Compared and, to the know, old ones. Compared to the old ones, yeah. And then uh, Charles Dance's character summarily gets shot in the explosive eye. Yeah, and like I say, what an end, bang, yeah. like I say, and, he, and, and he's gone. But he, he, he gets a shot, so remind me, he gets a shot off at Jack Slater. Yeah, which is, you know, looking it, like it could be fatal, couldn't Mortally it? wounded. Yeah, and, um, and it's not looking good, the ambulance comes, they realise the only way to save him is to take him back to the, the, the movie world. Yeah. So cue the ambulance, smash him through the cinema, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. wall. And this is where we get introduced to our connection for this week. Yeah. Right at the end of the film for yeah. a tiny cameo when I never knew when I was a kid who it was, Ian McKellen turns up as death. Yeah. It still didn't, like, I, I was looking at him. I can hear the Ian McKellen voice, but it didn't look like him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If if I hadn't, have, if, the, if I'd watched the film on silent, I probably wouldn't have said that's Ian McKellen. I couldn't tell it was him interesting side side note we've just mentioned bill and ted and i mentioned bill and ted earlier yeah I, ian mckellen in this is playing ingmar bergman's death from seventh seal which is a right. very famous film very high art film which is also the film that bill and ted are referencing with a deaf character oh in their one so he that when that's they're cool. playing chess and stuff like that yeah. in this black and white world that's all referencing seventh seal from ingmar bergman and that's the one that ian mckellen is exactly being. yeah like, oh, so it's uh, again bill and ted are jumping into a world yeah uh, they shouldn't exist and and death there and they're all this is all referencing the same movie so. oh interesting so yeah there's there's another connection there connections are go-go today yeah 
I like the death touches the shoulder of a smoking cop. Did you see that? No, I did. He's just walking down the That's street good. and he just touches on the sh- uh, shoulder. See what I mean about there's so much in this film, little things that, yeah. you know, you could watch this five, six times and there'll always be something little you yeah. can pick up, which is excellent. And you think death's come there to to claim Arnie. Yeah, but it's amazing, isn't it? He's, he's just, just literally come to like, yeah, he just wanted to meet yeah. him, didn't he? He's, just he's like, like he's not on any of my list. <laughs> and I guess, I guess that's them saying, you know, an action hero doesn't die. Like, you yeah. know, he just carries on and on and on and on and on. And then basically he says, you're a brave young man, tells him that he's going to die a grandfather or whatever. Yeah. He's not, he's on his list, but not until he's older. Yeah. And this is like probably the, the part of the film, which is like, you know, maybe the saddest where, cause you know, the boy realizes that the only way for him to save Jack Slater is to put him back into the movie. And, yeah. you know, he's sort of like, we said earlier, New York, it's not like the nicest place. He lives in a small apartment with his mom. You get the impression that, the, well, he does, he he wants to sort of live in the movie world and Jack Slater says, no, you can't, you know, so a bit touching really. But Ian McKellen says, you know, you're a brave young man. Unfortunately, it basically says, unfortunately, you're thick as shit. Look for the other half of the ticket, you twerp. <laughs> uh, so he goes and finds the other ticket in the, yeah. the other half of the ticket in the box. And then Arnie and the kid f- go flying back into the movie, into... Into the police station, basically, yeah, don't they? Into that lovely police station. And yeah, this is where obviously Jack Slater says, no, you know, you can't live in the world, but you'll be able to see me, you know, on screen and stuff. Yeah. Um, so the kid obviously agrees with him and jumps back into the real world, doesn't he? Yeah, that's it. And then uh, the wound. Oh, <laughs> this heals. is a flesh wound. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Doctor gets pissed off. Yeah. Uh, we get Danny DeVito's cat turning up again. And then Arnie really struggles to pull off a wink, by the way. Did you notice that? He <laughs> cannot, a real bad one. Yeah, he struggles to wink. And that, it's obviously one muscle he doesn't train in the gym. <laughs> He's like trying to wink at Danny and it just doesn't work. He's missed eye day. Yeah. Yeah, he skips eye day, yeah. And that's the end of the film. Yeah, and that's where you've got Arnold Schwarzenegger sort of driving off into the sunset and and then cue some big old 90s like rock music. Um, was it ACDC who did the I think it was, track yeah. for this? Yeah. yeah, it was. So yeah, so I mean... I think you can probably t- the listeners will be able to like tell like we enjoyed this film a lot. It's a it's a really good movie. If you're going to sum it up and like review it, what would you say then, Dan? What would you give it as like a score and you know all that? Yeah, so like obviously as we mentioned previously, it was obvi- it was a bit of a box office failure. It opened a week after Jurassic Park, in fact, so it was just getting trounced, absolutely trounced. It had production problems. I think it was delayed as well. It changed a lot from the original script, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Things were changed last minute. The the last the final third of the movie was was changed about. Like I said, I've already told you how that would be improved. But I just I just love it. It's it's great. It's nostalgic for me. I love the film. It, it Not only do I love this film and this film's nostalgic for me, but it also harkens back to older films that I love from the, the 80s and 90s action films like Steven Seagal, Jean-Claude Van Damme films, Arnie films, Sylvester Stallone films, all these things. It's just dripping in all that stuff. And as a movie lover, you know, whether it's great acted, well-directed films or just pure poppy films like this, I just, I, I love it. Awesome. I love it. Yeah, I can tell you're passionate about it. Yeah. And like rightly so, because it is, it is a, a great film for kids, you know, who grew up in the sort of like 80s, 90s to to hark back to. If you're going to give it a score, what would you give it? What would you score it? I struggle with this because I, I love it. I, lo- I love it a lot. But it's not a perfect film. No. And, you know, it's it's just, it is what it is. The thing is, I want to leave room for films that I think are perfect. Yeah, um, now, if I'm rating this I need to give it a, a combination of the love I have for it, but also a bit of room to say, look, I know it's not the greatest film in the world. Yeah, I just yeah. love it. So I'm going to go for eight out of 10. Eight out of 10. Yeah. Good score. How about you? 
So I really like this film. Like I said, I think it was nice watching it as an adult because I got like 99% of the jokes, which I never would have got when I was a kid. So that was cool. Also, when I was a kid, I hadn't watched like tons of action films. Now I'm older, I've watched tons more action films. I can get a lot of the references. So that was awesome. Also, I did think like this film, when it came out in 93, I think back in like the 80s and 90s, I think in America probably especially, actually probably in the UK as well, I think there was a lot of hate for like, action films. I think when like Stallone and Schwarzenegger came out, a lot of people loved them but i think a lot of like politicians and like public people were probably saying action movies are bad there's deaths and it's promoting guns do you know what i mean and body counts are too high and stuff and the, the, i got like a vibe of this film which was almost saying that action movies aren't bad so harking back to what we're saying about new york being all grim in the film world everything's all nice and bright you know and also we get a part where charles dance says things like he's surprised where that prostitute comes up to him you know he's like oh who are you what do you and she's like do you want some fun or whatever do you want a party mm. and then he's surprised that that guy um has had his shoes stolen and been shot yeah and like, i got the impression that maybe the director or the people involved in this film are trying to say that the real world is actually yeah. a lot worse than the the action movie world do you know what i mean open your eyes sheeple that's it yeah I, and so i think that maybe that that message is lost now because i think people appreciate action films a lot more but i reckon when this came out that was like a maybe a hidden message that never really got through I completely on board with that message because I love action movies. I thought this movie was funny. I thought it was, you know, the action was 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 really really cool, and the deaths were amazing, and there were so many good lines. But I really really like this movie. I would give this movie a a seven out of ten. Which again, I think it's, it's almost like as high a score as I can sort of give it. You know, because like we say, how. I mean, we, we all know the act in this film, you know, isn't amazing, maybe apart from Charles Dance, but it just works, yeah. you know? You know, the script is absolutely ridiculous and it copies every other movie. But again, it just works. Mm. So yeah, uh, for me, 7 out of 10, really enjoyed it. And if you haven't seen it, watch it. And if you have seen it, watch it again because you'll pick up loads more. Rewatch it, that's right. Rewatch it. Now, before we uh, wrap up, I thought we would play a very quick game. Nice. Um, that I couldn't help but do. <laughs> and basically, I've called it Badass or Fake As. I yeah, love it. Okay, it. that's cool. Right. So basically, I'm going to read out some names. Yeah. And you've got to tell me whether they are true <laughs> action hero uh, names or ones I've made up. I love this. This is awesome. Right. This so, is so cool. So bonus points. I'm not actually giving points, but bonus points <laughs> if you can name uh, the actor or film that okay. it's from. Uh, it, the real ones anyway. This is going to be good. So it's quick fire. We're not going to take too much time on this. Just quickly. First one, John Matrix. Wow. John Matrix. I reckon that is real. It is. It is. In regards to the film or the actor, I haven't got a clue. It's Arnie and it's from Commando. Oh, John Matrix. No. See, I you probably noticed during these podcasts, I I, I don't know a lot of names, so I call people like oh, the Commando guy or whatever, do you know? So, we just like cool. to call them the, uh, yeah. the, the actor's names, <laughs> yeah. don't we? That's fine. That's it. Jericho Kane. Oh, well, okay. Both of them are wrestlers. I reckon that's real. It is real. It's Arnie again. End of days. Oh, okay. End of days. Jericho yeah. Matrix. This is the one where um, sort of it was all about the like, devil and yeah. stuff. Yeah. I really like that film. Yeah, actually. that wasn't a bad movie. It, again, a bit of a departure for him, but it was it was good. Yeah. Yeah. Riley Cross. I'm going to go fake. It is fake. Is it well, Riley Cross. That came out of your head. A yeah. cool name. Max Cable. Max Cable. I'm going to go real. That's fake. Oh, Max Cable. That should be real. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. Mason Storm. Mason Storm. I'm going to say real. It is. It's Steven Seagal in Hard to Kill. Nice. Harrison Gamble. I'm going to say real again. Fake. Oh, it's fake. Harrison Gamble. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one, isn't it? That is awesome. John Spartan. 
oh, I actually know this one. So this is uh, Demolition Man uh, Slice Stallone. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Snake Pliskin. Oh, I know this one. This is um, Escape from New York, Escape from LA, which is Kurt Russell. Correct. Yeah. Alan Payne. Fake. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Stacker Pentecost. <laughs> I hope it's real. It is. Amazing. That's, I've, that's a great name. I've never heard of it. It's Idris Elba in Pacific Rim. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Lincoln Hawk. Mm, fake. It's real. It's real? Uh, Stallone in Over the Top. Oh. Frank Ducks. Fake. Real, real Frank Ducks. Yeah, it's Van Damme in Bloodspot. Oh his surname's God. Ducks, and you have to duck his kicks. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Chuck Carey. Chuck Carey. Mm, fake, fake. <laughs> Marion Corbretti. Ooh, fake. It's real. It's oh. Stallone in Cobra. Oh, okay, yeah. Cobretti. <laughs> Cobretti. Terry Leather. That's got to be fake. Terry Lever's real. It's real. Terry Lever. Where's Terry Lever from? That's Jason Statham in the bank job. <laughs> oh, my God. Terry Lever. My name's Terry Lever. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Marshall Lawson. Fake. It's real. It's real. Seagal in Attack Force. Marshall Lawson. That's, That's a great name. That's all I've got, mate. That's all i got. Amazing. Well, they're all quality. I managed to slip a few fakies under your under I think your my um, radar. Favourite one of them is the Idris Elba one. Say it again. Yeah, Stacker Pentecost. <laughs> yeah, that's just a great name, Stacker. <laughs> that is awesome. So that was brilliant, mate. I loved it. And Good. yeah, there's some great action movie names. If any of you guys would like to like agree, disagree, whatever, you can email in. The email is infinitefilmclub at gmail.com. So feel free to get your email in and yeah, we'll um, happily read them out. Send us your funniest real action hero names. I think that'd be really interesting. Uh, but send us some actual badass, your favourite badass names from any films uh, because there are some great ones, aren't there? Yeah, there's some corkers. And uh, yeah, send them in. That'd be quality. Also, they can tweet us, can't they, on the, on the Twitter. That's it. Um, so Infinite Film Pod. That's it. So however you want to get in contact, do. That Just, brings us to the end. So... Yeah, one more thing. Yeah. And that is basically... I'm going to um, reveal uh, the next movie that we're going to go on to, the next link. Um, so we got to this movie through Ian McKellen. He was the narrator in Stardust. Dan picked Ian McKellen uh, and he picked his movie, Last Action Hero. So Dan, where do you think I might go as, as a guess? Uh, I think actor-wise, you might go for MC Hammer. No, <laughs> no <laughs> jokes. I don't think you'll go Arnie. I'll tell you what, straight away, I haven't gone Arnie. Yeah, and okay. um, the reason is, Arnie only ever plays the main character. And mm. I just thought, I, I, mate, I would have loved to have done another Arnie film. But then I thought, actually, to mix it up completely, it'd be good to sort of go off that. So it was hard not to pick an Arnie film, you know, because I wanted to like pick, you know, Terminator 2, Conan, True Lies, whatever. But no, I've stayed clear of Arnie. I think you're going to go Sharon Stone. Oh, that's a good guess. I'll give you a clue. So I haven't gone to Sharon Stone, but I have gone with a woman. So there was a woman in this movie, which I which I have, have chosen as the link. I'll give you a clue. She's She's got quite a prominent role. Ish. Is she the daughter? Not the daughter. The, uh, the mum. The mum. I've gone with the mum. So she, mum, her name is um, Mercedes Ruel. Great, uh, name. great name. Great name. She should appear on the, the list um, of coolest yeah. women action heroes. <laughs> Interestingly, she's actually won an Academy award has she really yeah so what for acting yeah she's recipient of several accolades including an academy award a golden globe a tony a drama desk award so i mean this woman's like a serious actress you mm. know so really really cool so I, I recognized her but couldn't place her in anything no well give you a little clue she was in quite a modern film now, i didn't notice her in this movie so you've uh, gone modern have you i've gone modern 
Okay. I've gone modern. I'm going to need more clues than that. Uh, okay, I've gone modern. I've gone really modern. In fact, this film came out in 2019. Oh, wow. Um, I went and saw it at the cinema. Big clue. Well, quite a big clue. I went and saw it with Shah. She was keen to see it. So it was a movie that at first appealed to Charlotte more than me. But I went to see it you know, because I'll go and watch anything. You might have seen it. I don't know if you have, but it, it would have been on your radar. It came out 2019. It had a predominantly female cast. I think I know what this is. American movie. I've seen it. Um, and uh, Hustlers. Hustlers. Have you yes. seen Hustlers? Yes, I have. Twice, so, actually. Twice. Wow. So I watched it at the cinema. Yeah. I went with you. But then when it came out on streaming, I said to Cass that she would enjoy it. Yeah. And we watched it again. And yeah, really good. So Hustlers is the next movie. Great choice. Yeah, I've, I thought basically it's such a big departure. It's, uh, it's you know, 26 uh, years after Last Action Hero. And like I say, it what sort of drew me to it for net? I mean, the last film we watched was very macho. Mm. And I thought actually, like the complete opposite of macho is a film which uh, with a predominantly female cast. And so I've come with Hustlers. Our first predominantly female cast, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And because... I mean, to be honest, you know, those films are rare and they're getting more and more mainstream. But, mm-hmm. you know, for the for up until the last sort of five, ten years, they've been quite rare, those sorts of movies. So, you know, long may it continue that we get more of these women-led movies. I have to say, I never thought when I saw the trailer for this film originally, I always thought, oh, that's that's going to be quite a good film. I never thought I would have seen this film three times in one year. So uh, no. thanks for choosing that. <laughs> Not a problem. <laughs> but the thing, you'll know this through and through this movie yeah, at least i can it. sit through and just analyze it rather than trying to exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. so that'll be the next one we'll um, we'll do that this week and the, the next podcast will be you know we, it'll be back to being sort of weekly we'll do this one you know quite sharpish and you'll have another episode to listen through looking forward to that mate uh great choice and a quite a departure as we seem to try to achieve yeah. uh so really looking forward to talking about that next week also sorry last thing i was going to mention was that dan actually showed me a website a few weeks ago to find out where movies uh, are being shown because basically i didn't know about this website and it actually saves so much time instead of having to flick through netflix amazon prime disney sky now tv whatever you can just go on this website. It's justwatch.com, isn't it? Just watch. Yeah, I it's use it all the time. If you, basically, because of the way we work is we want to uh, take an actor from a, a particular film and kind of uh, find what films of theirs are on streaming. Justwatch.com, kind of you can type in an actor's name and it gives you all of their films and tells you where they're available, whether it be on streaming or to buy or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's really helpful to find out where you can uh, get hold of films. It's, it's really good. And this um, Hustlers is actually available on Amazon Prime. So that is where you will be um, watching Hustlers. Great. So if you haven't seen it, I do recommend uh, watching it before next week. It, it's, you know, no spoilers to my opinion on it. It's a good film. So give it give it a try. Even if you don't think it's uh, for you, it, it's, it's quite an interesting watch. Mm. And I really look forward to talking about it next week. Yeah. So we'll get together then, mate. In the meantime, everybody, have a good week. And yep. uh, we'll speak to you next week. Cool. See you next week, mate. Take care. Cheers. Bye. Bye.